And we're back. Hello, everybody, and we are back for another Snarf Talk 2020. exciting. It is exciting. We are, again, not following rules. We are. We're six feet apart. We are six feet apart, but we... Socially distanced. I mean, but we're, we're not wearing masks. And it says if you go out in public to where you can't... Well, I guess we are six feet apart, though. So yeah. they say if you can't stay six feet apart, you have to wear a mask. I've been wearing home. masks all over. I got myself a couple... Um, Me I too? got <clears throat> some homemade ones, but then the other day we ordered some and just got them that were like... I got from some website that makes them. Really? That's some like stretchy material. Oh. And our t-shirt guy, who is making t-shirts now... As we speak, for he all is you t-shirt people, pressing and printing yes. shirts right now in the middle of the night. He is making me a bunch of masks, a bunch of eye trees masks. Ooh, but we can make some snarf. I talk know masks. we should really make snarf talk masks. We should have done that five weeks ago. Well, we're gonna have masks on for the next year and a half, so I yeah. think it'll be fine. Year and a half? Yeah, probably. No, it isn't. I think so. Yeah, no. we'll get into. We'll get into phase three or five soon, Chris. <laughs> uh, I don't even get started on the phases. <laughs> so if you aren't caught up with what's going on in Illinois, uh, the governor has put out these phases to reintroduce people to like the public, basically. Yeah, to life. And it's uh, strange. Strange and depressing. It's very depressing. Every other state is just like, yeah, go to the beaches, have just fun. Like, open it up. And ours is like... There won't be a restaurant open until at least like November. And no, then by that time, like July, I think. And by that time, no restaurants will exist. That is true. <laughs> so, and unfortunately, and we're kind of joking around, but there's already like at least two or three businesses right here in our backyard, small businesses that are already done, unfortunately. And then you hear more about it every day. Yeah. And it's going to be more and more every week because nobody's making money being closed. And it's really hard, especially for restaurants. I mean, every restaurant wants you to order takeout. Like we are open for takeout, curbside pickup, whatever you got to do. But not everybody orders from every single restaurant. So what this really has shown me um, recently is that the government, a but also people, most people have absolutely no idea what it takes to run a business. Right. They just no, have that's, no that's clue. Very true. They're just like, no, just shut it down and. You know, the government's got some loans, just get some disaster loans. They don't understand the amount of money that has to come in and go out on a daily basis just to, to take your slim profit margin. That's enough to make the same amount of money. In order to stay open the, the next day. That Stay open the next day and to eke out some sort of a living that usually is less than what somebody makes sitting yes. at the post office. Right. Hey, don't be knocking on government workers. No, I'm not Chris. knocking. I'm just saying like... <laughs> no, I know. You're it's right. Not, I understand that you look around and you see some very successful business owners, but most business owners are not living lives of extravagance. No, they're riding the line. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they don't, they don't have comfortable, but... And I say this all the time to people because this is how my life operates. Um, it's just like juggling. Yeah. You got balls that you're throwing in the air. And if everything continues to go and you continue to juggle... The flow continues. The flow continues, and that flow produces cash flow, which allows you to grab another ball and throw it in the air. And <laughs> yeah. you just keep doing that. and Until you're loaded with balls. <laughs> yeah, until you can either make enough to quit or you do that 
you know, indefinitely. And what you can't do is start dropping those balls. And this has been like, pretend that juggler yeah. has got those balls in Yeah, here. all the balls. And then COVID-19 comes in. Starts punching balls out of the air. With a chainsaw and cuts the juggler in half. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I thought he was coming and punching those balls out of the air, but no, he's just going to cut the juggler in half. Yeah, then all those, all those balls fall. And so they does do. the blood of the juggler. <laughs> yes. Is that a good quality? I think, no, I think that's spot on. I mean, if I thought of, you know, if I thought of how COVID-19 was going to affect somebody, it would be cutting them in half with a chainsaw and seeing their blood spill on the and ground. And then doing like blood angels in it. Right. And then like skipping around. Yes. To and find the covering next the balls in blood and Yeah. I like and your sometimes body. I like producing metaphors that are just so complicated and horrific that they actually make it less <laughs> less ability to understand what you're trying to Yeah. I think you've done that <laughs> pretty well here. Um, but I do understand that this is an issue. Obviously, it's a big issue for everyone. And I I don't know. We're not going to get into politics no. or anything like that. Well, it's I a big just, issue for some people. That's, that's what is mm, frustrating. Right. Because there's a lot of people that it isn't an issue for because they're at home continuing to get paid. Like me. But, I mean, in, in my personal life, uh, I'm on the opposite side of this than you are. I go to work. My wife goes to work. We both continue to get paid. It's an inconvenience to us that we can't go out to restaurants or do anything. And our kids, obviously, we're home from school and we have to homeschool them and, and do all that kind of stuff. But financially, and it, it hasn't affected anything for us yeah. uh, because we continue to work and get paid normally. And, and we're very comfortable in that. But everyone we know, like all of our close personal friends, are, are opposite. and. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not even like I, I don't, I don't know yet how it's going to affect me financially. I really don't know what the long term ramifications of that is. My only point in saying that was not to disparage those people. I'm just sure, saying sure. that a lot of those people tend to have opinions, right, that, about certain things that aren't. They have no basis. I mean, if you're sitting at home or you're working from home and you're inconvenienced, but your livelihood has not disappeared, then and you don't understand how businesses operate, right. and you don't understand the ramifications of how small businesses will eventually devastate Crumble. the economy yeah. and your local community, which is going to affect you eventually. If you can't understand that, which a lot of people seem to not be able to, um, they ignore it. Then you have opinions that are not based in reality. The problem with it right now, though, is that even if they do realize that, what effect can we have at the moment to, you know, change it? We, we have not. Well, you it's hard to have an effect when everybody's scared. Yes. Because despite you maybe wanting things to open up or do what you want, the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of people that are just plain, going to be too plain scared yeah. to participate in that economy. And I get it. I get I, that. I mean, I get I, it to a point, but. I just, I mean, most people weren't scared of random diseases, any disease before this. And I know, I mean, oh, this no, has a been narrative so, has been created. Yes. Everything has been so created and put in front of you uh, to make you scared. You know, I, and I, I try to like tiptoe around this because I don't want to say that the, 
that media and the government like just did this on purpose to make you scared. But the way it was put forth, the way it was put in front of everybody immediately made everybody terrified. I mean, I wasn't at first, but then at a time I was like, oh, holy shit, like maybe this is a real thing. It is a real thing, but I just don't think it's to the point where we need to destroy the state. Well, I mean, I think that making assumptions that the media or the government or certain politicians are out there with ill intent, um, I don't think that's the case. I think that I you mean, can find conspiracy wherever you look, but and, the reality of the situation... Everybody yeah, has. And a lot of that, I think, is just absolutely ridiculous. Not saying... I, all, all I can say is I don't know the truth, and nobody knows the truth, and nobody knows the answer, and nobody knows what to do. Nobody. No. And, so and, the people that are making decisions, they don't know what to do. So they a, have to just make decisions... And I'm sure ego plays into it, yes. I'm sure power plays into it, yes. But I don't think that there's a vast conspiracy, whether you're on the right or the left, by any group, probably. I, I think most people in general are well-intentioned. And I think here's where the the basis of most of the fear came from, is that nobody knew anything about this to begin with. Yeah. And, and we've talked about it before. Like There was just so many guesses on treatment, on like what to do to protect yourself, like all of these things, everything about the disease, they, nobody knew about, like we didn't have any idea on what caught, like what, what to treat it, what caused certain symptoms, like all this kind of stuff. Nobody knew anything about it. So everybody got immediately scared because even the, you know, the professionals that are dealing with infectious disease every day was like, we're not quite sure what we need to do here, yeah. but we're going to try to find out as soon as we can. And that's what they've been doing. And now we're getting later and later into this uh, pandemic and they're starting to figure out, yeah, you know, actual facts on this disease. And I think we're at a point where local governments can start making decisions that lighten restrictions because of what they are finding. Right. And it's just, I'd agree with that for our state. It's just not, it's not happening. Yeah. I think I agree with all that. I just, I wish we could maybe put to bed the conspiracies that like, um, you know, this was somehow created a decade ago by Bill Gates to like patent a vaccine to implant a chip and control all this. Because like the reality is we have been the, the world or science or whoever has been working with coronaviruses for decades, there's a reason. There's so for many that. different strains of it. Yeah. I mean, they've been looking for cures for the common cold, which is largely caused by coronaviruses, for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And SARS, if, if, if SARS happened in early 2000s, like there's a whole thing going right SARS now. SARS was in 2009, and that's a type of coronavirus. Yeah, and there's a whole thing going around right now about oh, you know, they created this in the mid 2000s. They created a vaccine. It's like, yeah, they probably were working on it because of SARS. And probably after that, yes. they, they're like, hey, this is going to be a problem. If it's not this one, it's the next one. Wasn't H1, H1N1 is a type of coronavirus too, right? I'm not sure if that one is. I know SARS was. I didn't know. if. Don't you think it's a lot more reasonable to assume, rather than a vast conspiracy, that they knew that coronaviruses were going to be an issue, specifically yeah. after SARS and MERS. They knew there was a high, like animals have lots of coronavirus. Sure. There's vaccines now for like cattle and other 
animals, I believe, for coronaviruses. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew bats had a lot of coronaviruses. They knew that something like this would could is eventually going to happen. Yes. So isn't it feasible to think, oh, well, that's why they were studying bat coronaviruses in the lab. I'm not saying it didn't get released or played with yeah, that, on accident. I think it probably did, and I think we're learning that maybe it did. But that doesn't mean that they were doing it with a nefarious intent. Right. It just right. means that, oh, they recognized that bat coronaviruses could be an issue. I so agree. they've been working on them in this lab. It, with, absolutely. They're, make, they're working on diseases we don't even know about right now in labs that you know, they're working on so many things in labs that we don't know about. So yes, absolutely. I would so agree why make that. that leap to think, oh, well, um, well, Be- this was all done with nefarious intent. Like, because for- that's immediately what happens because it's a political game. I just for don't a lot think people, people think about the, the easy, the easy answer, which is probably like, or they were just working on them in that lab. It, yes. Maybe they were working on something. Yes. It maybe got out, but maybe they were working on it because that's they, what they do. <laughs> right. Maybe there's a good reason to do that. Yeah, there, I think there was a good reason. I'm not to saying do that. any of this is right or wrong. This isn't really even my opinion because I don't know anything, and no, nobody does. You really don't, and I don't really want to make a statement because I could easily be wrong. No, like for the longest time, I've figured out that you really don't know anything. No, I yeah, and it's full agreement with you. Whew, it's a it's a tough pill to swallow when you realize it yourself. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm always comforted in the fact that I know. I always know that I know more than you. Oh, yeah. I'm dumb as a brick. I mean, right, let's move away from this because I'm hey, done with it. You know what really stretches my springs, Chris? Oh, yes. What, Jerry? It's, it's a simple one. And, and people are going to think, like, well, yeah, that would stretch my springs too. It's flat tires. Okay. Well, yeah, duh. That I stretches know. everybody's springs. Here's the deal with my spring stretcher, though <laughs> I buy brand new tires. For vehicles, sometimes, and recently in the last two years, I've bought a like set more of, often than not. Like you don't push it. Um, I bought brand new tires for the van okay. two years ago. I bought brand new tires for my truck one month ago. Yes, and in the month that I bought those tires, uh, my wife's van ended up getting three nails in her tire in two different tires, and now my truck, I got like. The largest bolt I think I've ever seen just jammed right in that mother. Nestled. Uh, oh, yeah. It made a home, and it destroyed it. I had to get a brand new tire because it won't, ruined it. Yeah, and there's no such thing. By the way, there is no such real thing as a tire warranty. Everybody keeps telling me, did you have a tire warranty? Bullshit. Did you have a tire warranty? Every tire you buy has a warranty, and I've never in my entire life had one honored. It, no, it doesn't happen. No. Well, so it's he, a fake warranty, people. Stop falling for the warranty of so the tires. They're my, always going to say, oh, so I blew out the sidewall. That's not covered. Yep. No, it's not covered. Well, yeah. If nothing goes wrong, it's covered. Right. But the second something goes wrong, it's not covered. And so my in my wife's situation, like we got these brand new tires put on the van and we had a serial nail thrower on Dwight Road. Do you remember this? No. A couple of years ago. So it was on the north side of DuPont Road. So that's just, at the time, we lived in a different house. It's like we a daily route for me. And we were driving, we drive it every single day. Well, this was during a time that construction construction was going on and people were routed onto Dwight Road for a little while. They were coming off 47 and going on Dwight Road. A lot of traffic was happening there. And apparently a 
somebody that resided on the road was sick of all the traffic and people speeding and decided to throw a bucket of nails out on the road every day. Oh my gosh. And I, at at six o'clock in the morning, criminal offense, right? Yes, it is. So I had stopped one morning on the way to work to clean up nails off of the road because I saw a bunch of nails and another guy stopped. We were like brushing them all off the road. Uh, and then the county was involved and they ended up putting a, you know, like one of them speed them speed signs, like the, it's like a radar shows you your speed, but it also has a camera on it. So they put two different cameras on Dwight road because somebody kept throwing nails out on purpose. And we, everybody knew they were doing that. Well, during this time, that's when my wife gets three nails in her tire, uh, because of that. So Brand, like, like I said, brand new tires. There was less than 100 miles on her tires, and she got three nails in them. I put three different plugs in them, and it was ridiculous. I was pissed. And one of them, one of the plugs didn't work, and then we ended up replacing the tire. Okay, so that one's done. N- now, I get brand new tires on my truck one month ago, and I just happened to think one day, I'm going to go to Burkhats in Coal City because I haven't been to Burkhats in a long time. And apparently they got a lot of good sales going on. So I had my mask ready to go. I go there after work. I pull into their parking lot and I heard this thing go into my tire. They had the windows down. It was a really nice day. It was a week ago, Wednesday. And I heard it go into the tire and then click, click, click. And I park and I get out and it's a giant carriage bolt just stuck into my tire. And I had to obviously put my spare on at the time. And I am just so furious of things going into my tires. What, why is this so frequent in my nail life? nail thrower? That's what I, I don't I know. They took, the, they took the uh, cameras down and it's never happened again. I never found out if they ever caught who it was. But I know it was somebody that was doing it on purpose because... Grundy, uh, like Grundy County Police Department put out a thing on Facebook saying like, this is happening and you need to stay off this section of road because we know somebody's doing it. Hmm. Well, so you know what stretches my springs, Chris? Idiots (laughs) that throw nails on the road and having to buy new tires all the time after I have just bought new freaking tires. I mean, I have to knock on wood here, but I used to go through tires all the time. Um, same thing, but I haven't had one in a while. Hmm. So well, we'll get ready to buy a new tire. I, I, like they break, they go out on my tractors all the time, which is super annoying. Or like implements. Well, yeah, it's because you got old shitty equipment. So. Yeah, that's too true. I mean, that's why. <laughs> no, it's not true. It's all brand new. It's and I'm like definitely one of those that if I get a flat tire or realize that I have a flat tire, but I'm like pretty close mm-hmm. to here or my house. You will drive on that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> so, I know the tire's junk anyway, so I'm yeah. just like, I'm going to get home and not have to be on the side of this road. I've, I've probably ruined multiple tires that way, just like, well, shoot to the moon. Yeah. Let's go. Here's another thing. like Aluminum wheels are a nightmare to get lugs off of, lug nuts or even off the hub, because something with the aluminum... Electricity. Re- ...reacts with the lug. I don't know what it is, but they seize up on there real bad. And I bent, so the wrench that comes in the truck, I bent that in half, trying to get two of them off. And Clinton Pointer saved the day. There you go. He, I texted him, and he came with a large breaker bar, and we got him off. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I blew a tire in Mexico? Ever tell you that story? Was it in a Jeep on the beach? No, 
no, uh, no, that was a different time that one of our friends buried a Jeep in the beach. All right, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> it wasn't our Jeep, actually. It was uh, somebody else's Jeep. We just helped him out. Okay. No, um, so me and my dad had rented a, um, it was not a Jeep, but it was like a SUV. And we were driving across the very southern tip of the Yucatan Peninsula. Oh, from the Yucatan. Carmen to, I can't remember the name of the other town, but we were like right by the Belize border. San Diego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were right by the Belize border. This is not, this is out nowhere, in the middle of Nowheresville. Little little the, Mexican towns. The, where you get murdered. No, there's that doesn't happen in Mexico. Anyway. <laughs> okay. It's super safe. That's all bullshit. Anyway, that, that'll come to play in my story later. Um, So we're driving across. We're in the middle. And this is like a probably four-hour drive across mm-hmm. there. We're right. about halfway. And... 50%, if you will. Yeah. We have a tire blowout in the vehicle. So we're like, oh, man. Well, this ah, sucks. shucks. So we, there was a spare. So we pull over the side of the road. We... um. We jack it up, and then we realize there's no lug wrench at all. Yeah, nothing. And didn't have a four was four way in your pocket. Just about dark. It was just about dark, and so we're like, "Well, I don't know what we're gonna do." Mm-hmm. So, ended up, I have to wave down a truck driver, and the plan was I was gonna get in with this truck driver, smart, go to the next little village. And just start walking around, trying to find somebody with that could borrow me a lug wrench to give. Why me, wouldn't give me he a ride ask up. the truck driver if he had one? Well, I mean, we were going to do that too. <laughs> okay, but anyway, <laughs> so the truck driver shows up, or we we wave him down. I'm getting ready to get in with him. He didn't have one that fit or whatever. So I'm getting ready to go to this town. It's dark now, in the middle of nowhere uh, along the Belize border. Nice, and I speak a little bit of Spanish, but nobody down there speaks English because you? you're not in a tourist area at all. <laughs> um, and this little dude in a or little Honda, you know, Civic hatchback okay. yeah. pulls up right when we're getting ready to leave in this thing. And the guy comes running out with a lug wrench. With a wrench. <laughs> and uh, we changed the tire on the road. I remember we couldn't get, you know, Th- sometimes this he- was before you got in the truck. Yeah, the okay. truck driver was stopped, but I hadn't gotten it. I was still trying to communicate all this to him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with mostly hand signals. <laughs> so um, uh, I, we changed the tire. I remember uh, that, uh, you know how sometimes it's really hard to get the tire off, even if you get the bolts off, but they're like stuck. Um, yes, that's what I was talking I about had with to my aluminum. go out into this like little jungly area and find like a big rock to just <laughs> throw at the tire. <laughs> <laughs> so we eventually get it off and we finished our journey. I can't remember. Oh, we were going to, I'm looking it up on the map. What was the little town we were going to spend the night in? Um, Chechumal. Chechumal. Was, it's a, oh, I remember that town. It's a bigger, bigger city. Anyway. Yep. So we get back, we get into this tiny, there's this like one hotel in this town and it's got a bunch of like international <laughs> flags outside. We didn't have a hotel reservation or anything. We just showed up. It's got all these international flags outside. So we're like, all right, we'll go there. (laughs) So we go into this hotel. uh, You know, it's probably nine o'clock at night at this point or something like that. And, you know, we get a room and I'm like, well, and I was probably in my early mid early 20s at this point. I'm like, well, I'm going out. So Ed went to bed. I went out all night, party, went to the bars, <laughs> drinking shots with people, having the greatest time in the world. Nobody there speaks any English. Um, 
and just had a great time. Come back. Sounds The great. next day, um, we were still there, and we called my mom with the hotel phone or whatever. And we're like, yeah, we're in Chechuma. We're heading back up to uh, Puerto Morelos today. And uh, she's like, you're in Chechuma? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, it was all over the news last night. There was this big, like, armed revolt in Chechuma and, like, this uh, rival local government body or people yeah like storm the city and we're like taking it captive i'm like nope <laughs> didn't happen partied here all night long <laughs> looking out the window now there's nothing going on it was just you and your dad there that's yeah. it yeah we what were, were you doing looking at soybeans um we had gone down so we have a buddy that lives in Campeche, which is about four hours west of like cancun six hours west of cancun on the other border and we went there to look at some investment property, um, hang out with him. We he, it is pretty cool. He's got like a little six seater Cessna, so we mm-hmm. flew around. We did some. At the time, we were looking at investing in a shrimp farm, and then he had a big tree farm where they produced teak and mahogany wood. Ooh, and um, that's something you need to get into. Yeah, and they were also building a. They were going to start trying to build out a resort on that side, so we were kind of looking at that. So we had gone over there. And then from there, we went down to the bottom to like Carmen. And this is when we were driving over to sure. Chechumal, mostly just on our way back, taking the long way, checking things out for a couple of days. We used to do that all the time. We would go to Mexico all the time. So all the crap you hear on the news most of the time is just like all the stuff you hear about coronavirus on the yeah. news all the time. Like I have never been in a situation, at least in the Yucatan, where I've ever felt in any sort of danger i mean i feel safer there than walking around in joliet probably i well i mean i could agree with that now i have probably. been to uh acapulco Oof. um once where i again didn't necessarily feel unsafe because i was with a group of guys there was like four of us but in acapulco it was just non-stop like people coming up offering you drugs and prostitutes and all kinds of stuff and it just felt a little more unsafe. Yes. Never really had any of that happen in in the Yucatan Peninsula, which is actually safe, the safest part of Mexico. It's super safe. Oh, really? Yeah, it's um, definitely. So in Acapulco, though, you know, it's there's worse. And when we were in Acapulco, when we got back, that's when they found like all Ten the headless decapitated bodies, bodies and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that, which maybe happened. I don't know, but... I don't. I mean, we didn't see it. So no, of course you didn't. Um, they don't really generally don't mess with Americans down there too much. That's they know where their bread is buttered. Well, that's good. Tourism. They shouldn't. I wouldn't go back to Acapulco though. First of all, it wasn't that nice. Second off, it was just kind of sleazy. I didn't like it. Hmm. Not like the Yucatan, which is like laid back people. You know, just a lot better. It's just too like touristy. Yeah, but I've been in the heart of Cancun. You hear bad shit about Cancun. I've been in the heart of Cancun, walking around by myself. Never had any issues. But I'm not out buying drugs either, you know? You weren't? No. Oh. But that's when you hear all these people that get in trouble. They're doing shitty, shady things. Yeah. (laughs) If you do play stupid games, win stupid prizes, bud. Now, I was at spring break in Cancun once, and one of my buddies got jumped um, by the cops. He said they were probably fake cops. He got jumped. Yeah. Beat up pretty bad and robbed. Who? Uh, Mr. Pete Ortigle. Wow. Yeah. And I was actually with him walking home, and we were well intoxicated. Sure. Some at some point, I got distracted and went into a gas station. <laughs> and when I came back out, he was nowhere to be seen. 
and gone. Like, how did he come back? Well, I just assumed he kept walking back to the hotel. Yeah, he didn't. Apparently not. Well, he got there eventually. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> With no wallet or money or anything. You have a lot of really good stories. Uh, yeah. Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> Mister Gary. <laughs> well, I have some news. Yes. Would you like to hear some news? Actually, I got a real quick. Would you rather? You want to do a would you rather? Yes, I would. Well, would you rather be invisible or hear people's thoughts? Um, can you turn those powers off? No. They yes. would both be terrible, then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yes, you can. Um, if you can turn them on and off, I'd rather have the invisibility. I completely agree with you. I don't, I don't want to hear anybody's thoughts. <laughs> I really don't because you would be miserable. Yeah. Even, even if you, you could leave them off the majority of the time, but as soon as you turn them on and you hear one person's thoughts that you really enjoy, like it's a very good friend of yours or like you're close with the family or whatnot. Even from you, your own family. I mean, you're going to hear bad yes, thoughts. It's like that it's, is something I don't want to do. Cause, just because you think something or something runs through your head doesn't mean that's what you believe. But even being invisible is somewhat creepy, right? Like that's a creepy thing. Very creepy. I don't know that I'd want either, but there could be instances, I guess, where invisibility would come in handy. I think, to me, honestly, even just going to the grocery store, I'd rather be invisible. Yeah, because there's always those awkward encounters with people that I've known, like I like went Walmart to high school is with. The number one for that. Yeah, I went to high school you know, with a lot many, of people. How much dodging I have to do at Walmart? I'm such a. I am a very, very friendly person. I'm overly friendly, and I and I like to talk. Um, if you haven't gathered that over 74 episodes, um, but I could talk to a frog. But a lot of times when I'm in a store, I just don't want to have the interaction with somebody that I feel is going to be awkward because I knew you 15 years ago. Right. You know, totally. And agree. it's just like, yep, we did grow up together. We have had no contact for the last 15 years. And just because we knew each other, I don't want you to feel like you have to say something to me because I'm not going to talk to you. What I've come down to now is just you say like, hey, and then you say their name. So they a lot of times I don't remember these names. If you do remember a lot of a lot of times I do like it just then they feel validated like, oh, yeah, you know, there's a big thing in saying someone's name. Like in a conversation, totally. When you repeat, someone's I try and name, do it more now you, because I'm really terrible with names. I mean, like really, really bad. What's mine? Shit, Jerome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am really, really bad with names. Like I can meet somebody and talk to them and hang out with them all night long and forget it within five minutes, and then I got to spend the whole night like. I hope it doesn't come up anything related to names because <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm very similar to that. I don't ever remember them either. Because I don't I'm, even lots of times remember people's faces. I think I oh, got no, that I Brad remember. Pitt disease. Yeah, what is that? What it's is face that? blindness? Right? Yeah, that's a common name for it. I can't remember the real name. Where you can't remember people's faces. That's so weird. That's a real thing. Yeah, like Brad Pitt really has that. He really has, he really says that he has it. Yes. He really says. How would I know? That, how would we know? I mean, call him. I don't know. It's okay. that easy. I'll call him. We'll find out for the next episode. All right. Well, I got some news real quick because we have a top ten to get to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we should have brought that up from the start. We're gonna do top ten eighties action, action movies. movies. 
<laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Get out of here. <laughs> that was good. Um, yes. So that's that was like the second best Arnold Schwarzenegger impression I've ever heard. Really? Yeah. Why is it the second? Alan Schaefer. Really? Fantastic. Wrench? Yeah. Come on. He can wrench himself up a good uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Impression. Mm, I think I'm better. Anyways, so I do have a little bit of news right off the top. There is a comic book I read quite a bit ago, uh, a little while ago, that was called The Old Guard by Greg Rucka. Mm-hmm. And I kind of forgot about it, and I forgot. And I know it was news that I had up, uh, you know, quite a quite a while ago. But Netflix picked it up as a movie, and they are producing a movie. It has already been made, and they released images of this movie. I think we talked about that uh, just re- just today. They released the images. We have we have talked about oh, that okay, it was that going to be yeah, a movie, right. yeah. Um, but they released images of that movie today. And uh, Charlize Theron is the main character. Theron. Theron, whatever. Um, And it looks pretty good. I mean, from the images, it just looks like people dressed up as people, you know, that are fighting other people. I loved the comic book. I think it's incredible, and I always suggest that people read this. It's a different take on, I mean, kind of like a common story. It's like these guys are... um, they don't die. They've been alive for like, she's been alive for like 500 years. And, but they are a group of guard, the old guard that go around and dispatch bad people. And that's all they do. They are tasked to go around and get rid of people and, uh, to protect their, like, I don't know if it was a city or a country, but they're protecting something. They have to go around and kill bad people and they can't die. They're like basically immortal. Um, And I thought it was a really intriguing story. It'll be really interesting to watch this movie. Uh, I'm excited for it because Greg Rucka wrote the screenplay and he also wrote the comic book. So anytime the comic book writer is involved with the movie, I feel like it should be on point, like right where it needs to be. Yeah, as long as they're a good screenwriter. It's not the same thing. It isn't the same thing. I just feel like the story that you want to tell, though... uh, should be pretty similar and on point. Like you're not going to remove yourself from the story. Right. You know, because a lot of times when you get away from the original writer, they go their own direction with the same characters and it's just not, it doesn't end up, end up being like, doesn't feel like the same people. Um, but he wrote it, uh, set to release in July and I'm kind of excited for it. Sweet. Yeah. Um, next one is that, so you like Harry Potter, right? Harry Potter. Yes. Yes, I love Harry Potter. So they put together the majority of the cast and did a live and recorded reading of the Harry Potter books. Nice. And you can watch a video of Daniel Radcliffe and what's that girl's name? Hermione Granger. But I mean in real life. Emma. Emma Watson. Is that it? Yeah, Emma Watson, right? Yeah, and then, you know, the redheaded kid and... Ron, other people, Ron Weasley. Yeah, they're all reading Harry Ru- Potter books Rupert to you. Grint, I think is his yeah. Name. You're right. No, yeah. you're right. I I just thought this is this stuff is really cool to me that they're reading the books to you, and you can watch them read the books as their own character. But if it was an audio book, I, I might listen. I probably wouldn't either. I just think it's really cool that these people are doing that right now, uh, and 
and reading the books that they starred in, you know? Um, so they did that. Also, Andy Serkis, uh, just today, again, also announced that he's going to do a 12-hour marathon live read of The Hobbit. Sweet. And first off, and he's the only one. Well, he could do every voice easily. He absolutely could. That guy's for a master. Tw- but for 12 hours? Straight. So you're going to watch this guy for 12 hours, read a book? Like, what is he going to say, like, hang on a second, I got to go pee? He's going to have to. Right. Unless he's just going to hook a contraption up. I guess, I mean. He can just let her fly. He could. He could do that. But you also need to, like, drink and eat, don't you? Well, they drink and eat in the book, so. Yeah, maybe you'll just just do it it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody could do it, Andy Serkis could do it. Yeah. But that one I thought was pretty intriguing. I'm not a huge fan of The Hobbit myself. Oh, the book? It's great. Um, It's a little more kid-oriented, but it's a great book. Yeah, it's a lot easier to read. It is. That's like one that you read in like middle school. It's way easier to read than like any of the other Lord of the Rings. Well, it's books. meant to be a, it was meant to be a children's book. Really? Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that. I believe so. I, I well, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Well, that's going to happen and I didn't write down the date, but it's happening soon. Sweet. Um that was it. And then uh, the last little bit of news I had is that uh so our buddy dude, he's been a, on the show a bajillion times now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be invited back, but we'll he, see. He has been on the show. He not lives, with COVID. He's he's a known exposure. I can't. Yeah, absolutely. Can't he's have him in here. Absolutely quarantined. Yeah. Um, he let us know that uh, a game I used to play all the time: Star Wars: The Force Awakens, one and two. Force Unleashed. One or Force, two. yeah, un, uh, Unleashed, uh, one and two. On Star Wars Day, yeah. may the 4th be with you, we're selling for $5. Yeah. $5. You could buy two games that I used to play all the time, and now I'm playing again. Yeah. Uh, Same here, because I bought them too. For 5 bucks, And I was like, I have to get this now. And then I've been introducing my children to it. Yeah. Um, I bought a gaming headset for Grady recently. Nice. And he's very excited about that. So I've been playing through mostly force unleashed 2 i played a good bit of it it's not a long game i don't think no i don't none neither one of them i'm to the point long. where they're going back to camino so i don't know where that is in the game but um i mean i don't know i i haven't even went to two yet i was playing one and then i started one because i figured cash to start with one so we started playing that where right from the beginning get to be darth vader is at the beginning yes that's where he was playing so i picked it up that's a lot of fun oh it's so fun. um it, the same Complaints I had about the game exist. It's incredibly button mashing, repetitive. Yes. Although this time around, I feel like I'm utilizing the combo situation a little better, and there's a little. How do you feel like? Like, what's the difference between this game and the new one? Well, I I liked the new one a lot more. Um, They're completely different games. First. Well, I remember you having. I did have some some issue and 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 bringing up the fact that. Like on Force Unleashed, you liked the Force powers better well, okay. or something like so, that? So, yes. So, the Force power usage on the Force Unleashed games is off the charts. It I is. Mean, it's it's insane. so great. I so, think that's the best part. It is, and it's way better in that respect. However, if you like think about it, you're like, this guy is way too powerful. It's crazy how, how powerful he is. 
So in that respect, yeah. I kind of liked it in, um, is it Fallen Order? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fallen Order. Because it's a lot more subdued what you can do with the Force. Um, but it's not as fun. And the for- the Fallen Order is a puzzle game. It's not really an action game. Right. So they're com- really completely different. It's hard to even... Um, I get it. I, Fallen Order had a better story, although Force Unleashed has a great story too. Mm-hmm. But Fallen Order has a better story and I think ultimately better gameplay and it's a more engaging game. Whereas Force Unleashed, as fun as it is to play for a while, it get, it's so repetitive that it's basically the same thing over and over again. You know? It is. that it, You can, I mean, I've, I've played it back now. I probably put two or three hours into it, yeah. maybe. Probably not even that much. And like I'm, I can set it down. Like I'm, I'm good. Yeah, that's. Uh, I remember being that way. Like when they first came out. Um, like I beat. It's the a little first harder game. than I remember. Um, See, I thought the first one was pretty easy. Well, I didn't. I haven't I played can't. the first one back yet. Oh, so well, I've been playing two. And that's what I was doing is playing one. And I remember the first time I played one, I thought it was relatively easy. And then um, two, I don't even know if I. I don't think I beat Forston. Unleashed too. Well, I don't think I, I ever... had no memory of the storyline, really. I I don't even I don't even right now because I haven't played any of it or done anything with it. I so. just didn't remember a lot of it. It's beautiful game. It just made me think about the fact that that looks that game looks so good, and it's yeah. from like 2007, and you know it looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, comparatively, it looks like a modern game. Like it could have came out yesterday. Force Unleashed 1 doesn't look as good as 2. No, because Force Unleashed 1 was released still when it was PlayStation 2 and Xbox. No. Wasn't it? No. Did it come out on Xbox 360? Yeah, that was a 360 game. Well, so was Force Unleashed 2 then. Yeah, they both were. But they were five years apart? I don't think they were that far apart. I think they might have been a couple years apart. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was relatively quickly. I also bought Jedi Academy. I'm, two I'm, um, was another one that was for sale. That was an original Xbox game. That was also on sale. I bought that one because that was a really fun game. Um, I haven't gone back and played it. The, the graphics are way, way, way worse. Oh, I mean, it's not even close. so. Uh, were these were these only for sale on that day? Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay, so all of you that are listening to this have missed out like, on this sorry. incredible They had a bunch sale. of other ones. They had Republic Commando, which was a fun game. They had uh, Jedi Starfighter, which was an okay game. Um, they had, you know what I'm really looking forward to is that on Nintendo switch, they're coming out with the pod racing game. Yeah. The Nintendo 64. Pod I have Racer. it on my computer. Um, they're there on this laptop. I have that game. Yeah. Well, it's coming out on Nintendo switch and it's going to be way better. So I actually had, they're so excited. There was a, it. when there was a star Wars sale on steam, like in the fall, remember I was telling you, yes. I got every star Wars game ever made for like $80 Yeah, and that included both the force unleashed games but when they were available for console i'm like well for four bucks i'd rather play it on the console yeah absolutely computer. i would much especially that game console. um they also had knights of their old republic one and two and you I, I didn't buy those oh i thought you got them i have them on my computer yeah I didn't yeah get yeah them on my console oh yet. okay i got you so anyway yeah that's exciting and while we're on star wars news there's another bit that came out go for it and i don't know if this is new specifically but um, they have announced a new series of books and comics called Star Wars The High Republic. Oh, yes. And it's going to be all taking place like 200 years before. We talked a about new this hope. before. Okay. 
Well, there was some new news about it recently, but basically they were just giving the titles to some of the books. And oh, all right. What are they? Out. I don't have that on me. I was just oh, saying. I thought you would have <laughs> the titles um, on you. But they announced to a Disney Plus show that's going to go along with that. Really? Live action, I believe. That's what the big news was about. I should have that pulled up before I... Have brought it up. Uh, yeah, I'll, I would have thought it. you would have had the news ready when you were going to bring up the news. They also announced um, a new Star Wars movie that will be written and directed by... Taika Waititi. Yeah. Yes, I posted that on our uh, social medias, and I got really excited for it right away because he did one episode of The Mandalorian, which was probably my favorite episode, and it was the last one because um, it's just incredible. Uh, he did a really good job of that, and apparently he's writing and directing a a, a movie, live action movie, full full length live action, extreme <laughs> sci fi ball buster of a movie is what I've heard. Um, yeah, it, Star Wars don't new know, show set in the High Republic. Um, I'll find this out. Go ahead. If you don't know who Taika Waititi is, he also did Thor Ragnarok, which is one of Chris and I's favorite uh, Marvel MCU. Don't speak for me. I mean, but I know is. I know everything about you. And yeah, it's one of the best movies in the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe. It's incredible. He's done a really good job. There's one movie called Jojo Rabbit that I really want to go see. Not go. I mean, stay in my home and rent it on my TV and watch it. It's like a World War II kind of uh, satire type film about uh, Hitler and everything that happened there because he stars and directs the movie, and apparently it's phenomenal. It was was up for a bunch of it was up for Academy Awards, but it did win a, a lot of awards during the award season. Looks amazing. Taika Waititi, pure genius. Um, okay, so Star Wars High Republic um, is going to be the center of future Star Wars sto- storytelling as far as comics and books and all that kind of stuff. Um, the TV show, which they announced recently, that's why it was news, is in works for Disney+. Plus. It's going to be an all-new female-centric Star Wars series, and it will be written and created by... Leslie Headland, who created Russian Doll for Netflix. Hmm. That oh, Ru- I was not a fan of. No, Russian I wasn't Doll. really either. But um, whatever, we'll check it out. There's, I started watching. If that. it's a Disney Plus show, I mean, it's I'm sure it'll be good. Oh yeah, I'm sure it will be too. Because so they're, they're doing the Obi Wan show, the Mandalorian, and this would be the next yeah. live action show that they're going to be doing. When does the Obi Wan one come out? I think they announced that too. I don't have it in front of me. I think it's 2021. So Mandalorian 2 is coming out before that. In November, yeah. Yeah. Or October, actually. Yep, of this year. So we'll see. Do Um, you know how excited I am for that Mandalorian show? Like, so excited because I know Ahsoka Tano is going to be in it. Yeah. And, like, this is going to get into some really deep shit in this second season, I guarantee you. Because we know, so Mandalorian takes place um, when exactly? Is it after, well, it's after Return the, of the Jedi? It has to be. Yes. Every the Empire's done. Yeah. Everything's right, right. gone. Like Jedi are dispersed, basically. And we know Ahsoka Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano um, survives yeah. the Battle of Endor. Yes. Uh, because that's shown if spoilers. Spoilers. If you watch Rebels, you know that. So 
Um, she'd be a lot older, but I don't know how long their race lives. So I know. It's hard to, <laughs> yeah. Um, she was kind of, if you watch the end of Rebels, you get a clue as to what she's been doing or what she's going to do. And that'll be part of our, uh, what you've been watching. All righty. So, um, I the question is, should we do that now or after our top 10? Um, I feel like Mars are going to take a while. Yeah. We're at 48 minutes. Um, I don't know. I Let, let's do the top we 10. We got to start with the top 10. If we yeah, don't have let's time do for what we're watching, then it'll have yep. to be next week. Yep. All right, guys, this is it. Unless you had more news. I have none. This is it. This is the top 10 definitive 80s action movies. It is. So are we, are we doing the... So we also have some honorable mentions. Are those going up on Patreon? Uh, yep. Okay. Honorable mentions will be on Patreon, and they will be a humdinger. Humdinger. I got some good ones. We got five of them a piece, so five that's another ten picks. It's like a whole other show that you can hear on Patreon.com/slash/SnarfComics. All right, so let's start it off right, and we'll just get right into it, and we'll go with number ten. Go for it. You go. My number ten is a little Arnold Schwarzenegger joint. Oh, really? Called Conan the Barbarian. You know, okay, go for it. What, I, what do you got for that? It's just a great epic fantasy action it movie. It's a lot of fun. It's just one I've always liked. And, you know, granted, I'm a little shoo-in for the fantasy genre. You are. Uh, but, you know, if a lot of this list, and there's a lot of great action movies that were on my list, and a bunch of them are going to be honorable mentions. But I got I to gotta go with something that I would want to watch still. Like, I would sit down oh, yeah. and watch right now. And that is definitely one of them. The first Conan the Barbarian one. Um, just always loved that movie. And just thought it was awesome. Okay. That's... Uh, so Conan the Barbarian, or was it Conan the Barbarian or Conan the Destroyer? Wasn't that the second one? Is that the, the second one? I don't remember. Whatever the first one is. Um, it's the first yeah, one's no, Conan the, the Barbarian. So you're right. Okay, I guess I didn't even know that they made two of those. Yeah, um, there was more than one before. Um, okay. Um, so swords and sorcery—that's my jam. You know that. Yeah, swords. Yes, I do know that, and I remember getting yelled at about it with the sci-fi and or, written uh, by fantasy. Oliver Stone, who uh, I like his stuff Oliver for Stone. the most part. Rest in peace, Oliver Stone. Is James he? Earl Jones. It's a whole thing. Yeah, he's great. All right, my number 10 is going to be a little jam. It's a Patrick Swayze movie, if you can believe it. And I do love Patrick Swayze because he is quite the looker, you know? <laughs> it's a movie called Red Dawn. Red Dawn. And Red Dawn... Um, I used to watch that all the time. Uh, we got satellite relatively early, and it, the USA Network used to play movies like constantly that were older type movies. There's another movie on here that I'm going to say the same thing for because they played this one all the time too. But Red Dawn, so I don't know if you know about it. It's like, um, so the Soviets were attacking. Was it know, Washington or Colorado? Like was it Colorado? No. It, yes, it was like a small town, Colorado. Oh, I thought it was town. in Washington or Oregon. Okay. Um, and so like there was two brother, like brothers, um, 
Patrick Swayze and another guy. I don't remember. Oh, Charlie Sheen. I think it was Charlie Sheen. I'm not, I don't remember. I just remember Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen, like, try to escape with their friends, like, into a forest, and they fight the Soviets to, that were trying to take over their town. I don't know. I loved it. It was, like, it's kind of an adventure film, too, because it's, like, a teen Oh, dude, it's, it's movie, one of the best. I love that movie. It's so it's fun. It's so fun. It's just, it's everybody's fantasy of, like... It's, it's what like would playing, happen if you got invaded and you had and you or your friends got to make a little militia? Yes, and it was like playing army in the backyard that I used to do all the time. But they were doing it for real, like which is not actually fun if <laughs> right. you've ever been in war. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's a really fun movie, and I love it. Did you ever watch the remake? No, Did I didn't know? know they made a remake. What you didn't know there was a remake? It I was did made, not. Um, 2012, and it basically was the same. Same story, except that it was North Koreans. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not scared of them. Uh, st- the film starred Chris Hemsworth and Josh Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson. We just talked about him last week. Yeah, he's in Future Man and, in Je- a, a and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Mister uh, uh, Negan uh, himself. Yeah, Negan. Yeah, he's um, probably the bad guy. I would assume. I did watch the remake. I have no memory of it. I don't remember it being particularly bad. So that's a good It sign. can't be. The film itself is just good. Yeah. So that was my number 10. Uh, good. Your number nine, Christopher. My number nine is another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Can you believe it? The biggest action star of the 80s makes the list more than once. Um, this, I know a lot of people are going to say, is criminally low on my list. Okay. Sorry. Because it's probably way higher on mine. <laughs> it's Terminator. Oh, okay. Um. You know, and actually, T two is my favorite by far. Absolutely, T two is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the best movies ever made, T two. Um, but Terminator One is the only one that came out in the eighties. First off, so I couldn't use T two. Right, I think it came out in the nineties. Um, but still, a great movie. Yes, and introduces you to the whole world of the Terminator universe, which has grown and expanded. I've been with it every step of the way. I haven't seen the newest one yet, but I even watched I haven't either the Sarah Connor Chronicles that yeah. was on Fox. I love that show, and it was a, also like a movie that was way ahead of its time with a female lead action Absolutely. star Sarah protagonist, uh, protagonist. Yes, and um, you know, I just it's one of those movies that. Whether I go back to, and I have the whole DVD box set of all of them. Yes. And it's not one that I go back to a lot. And most of these aren't, to be honest. No. Um, but if they're on TV and you see them on, I'll like watch you're Terminator. Like, Although, yeah. like I said, it's not, it's a, it's a far cry, in my opinion, from T2 as far as action goes. But they do do a lot of interesting things in the first Terminator as far as um, just world building. Yeah, actually, I think they did a little more world building in T two. That's T two is gosh, it's one of the greatest. Um, so that's my number nine. Okay, um, my number nine, and probably again, maybe a lot of people would say this is criminally low, is Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, with Eddie Murphy. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say about this movie. Everybody, if you don't know Beverly Hills Cop or you have never seen these movies, for shame. Yeah. You know? that, that is one that I will definitely watch if it's on ever because 
Absolutely. It doesn't even date itself oh that bad. Oh my gosh, it's so You can fun. like watch it now and you're like, okay. I mean, everything's 80s and dated, but you yeah. don't notice it because but Eddie Murphy is so amazing. This is That's what I was going to say. Eddie Murphy in his prime is very hard to beat on every level. Uh, I yeah. mean, that dude... Coming that, to America? That, I know. Trading making, places? They made another one. Yeah. They're making a new one, right? Yeah. And it's supposed to come out sometime soon. Have you watched Trading Places again recently? Not, not recently, but yeah, it's incredible. Well, we're talking about Beverly like Hills Cop. Like a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. <laughs> so, again, I don't even know where to go with this movie. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop, I mean, it's got everything. It's got all of the comedy you want. It's got all of the action you want. It had and to it's be got one Eddie of the, Murphy. It had to be one of the first like in that comedy action uh, vein. Because that was almost kind of its own subgenre. Of like comedy yes. action movies, I um, would say so. And there was other ones that are going to be on my list that are also in that category. But uh, yeah, it's just good all around because it's like mystery, uh, detective, comedy, and action movie all in one. It, it's great. It's everything you would ever want. And the main character name, well, I mean, which is Eddie Murphy, but is Jerry Snyder. is Axel. Yeah, yeah, uh, Axel. I don't remember his last name, but it's. It I know it's Foley a- or something. I don't know. I know it's Axel, but and I always thought that was cool. Yeah, it's actual Axel Foley. Wow, I dug deep on that one. You did. Uh, Detroit. Yeah. Detroit, Michigan. So that's my. Uh, that's they have my like number a nine. new like. Don't they have a new like TV show Beverly? Or they made a new movie recently? I don't know. I never saw it, but all of all of the Beverly Hills Cop movies, they're all good. All of them. Absolutely. All right, my number. What am I on? Eight. eight. My number eight. Um, let me find it here. Oh, my number eight is Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. This is like probably if I think of eighties movies, one that just always jumps out to me is like quintessential, and it's also one that if it's on TV, which it is a lot, oh, so I will. Much. Definitely, definitely watch it. Um, and, you know, you got to love Kurt Russell. He was yeah. one of my favorite action What a handsome stars. man. Um, Jack Burton. Um, no, I just, it's it's a super fun movie. Uh, John Carpenter, I didn't realize. It is a John Carpenter movie, yeah. Um, and it's, a, it's kind of like action adventure, I would say. Which yes, is, it is one of my favorite little subgenres. So um, I don't have much else to say about it. I, you know, it's just a great one. Uh, yeah. So you may be hearing about this movie. Okay, we'll talk about it later then. Uh, some other time. Uh, my what are we on? Number eight. My number eight is a little, you know, maybe a little bit of a lesser known film. I don't know if people know about it. But it's called Escape from New York. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's not a lesser known film. And it is also a Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell movie. And I love that movie too. And I love Escape from LA. But I think that was I in think the 90s. It was. And it was done after this. But I honestly believe. So this is an, I'm looking it up right now, but it was in 1981. And I truly believe this is another Soviet Union thing too. Uh, just like the Red Dawn, like they're, you know, United States and Soviet Union or uh, what does it say? Concluding and an entire island of Manhattan has been converted into a giant maximum security prison. Wasn't that John Carpenter too? 
It is yeah. John Carpenter. He yeah, made some was incredible movies in the eighties, but um, this movie has that movie has everything too. By I the think way. this it's is like, like future the, sci-fi. But this also, is what started action movies in the eighties. I truly believe like Escape from New York is what like everybody designed their action movies off of in the eighties because it it started it. And if you're I don't know. Kurt Russell was on fire in the beginning of the 80s with these type of movies. And uh, like I said, John Carpenter just, he put them all together. Um, it's got planes. Air Force One is involved. Snake. Snake, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it's great. I love Escape from New York. If you've never seen it, go watch it. Also, um, easy to watch now. Like, obviously, it looks 80s, but like... yeah. It, it, I mean, honestly, you gotta get over it stands, that. It stands up pretty well. It's very good. Um, all right, that's a good one. That that isn't on my list, but it probably should be. Well, you're an idiot. Um, so. My number seven <laughs> is Aliens, the follow-up uh, sequel oh, to Alien. Oh, okay. Um, my favorite of the franchise, by the way. Yes. Um, because it gives you more action. It's a little less horror than the first one. More mm-hmm. action-y and more backstory and more world building. And, you know, they they realized they got lightning in a bottle with the first one. Yes. And then they really, I think, stepped it up. And then the they stepped one. it up. Is Another a, female protagonist, by the way. Absolutely. Ahead of Sigourney its time. Weaver. Really ahead of its time. She is my jam. And then she brought it all back when she was in Avatar. Yeah. She yeah. did. I felt like I was seeing, like, her in Aliens again. In Avatar. I don't know why, but well, it really did. We're James Cameron, right? Yep. Yes, they were. Um, story by screenplay and directed by James Cameron. If you haven't seen Aliens, uh, like you saw the first Alien movie, which frankly, and I watch, I have these, but this box set too. So, but the other day I popped in Alien and I was going to watch the whole series again. And I found it a little hard to watch. It's the first one? The first one. Yeah. I very, agree. very, very dated and low budgety. But I think it's very slow. It is a little slow. So that that was always my problem with the first aliens is that it was slow. The second and one's a lot more exciting. Yes. It's it starts off right off the bat, like you know, with excitement and it was and nominated aliens. For you get to see aliens. It was nominated for seven Academy Awards. Did you know that? I didn't. Best actress, Sigourney Weaver, uh, visual effects, uh, supporting actor for Bill Paxton, supporting actress, best director, best writer, everything. So, the Sweet. greatest sequel of all time voted. Really? Greatest, I agree. By Empire Magazine, voted greatest film sequel of all time. It's rare that a sequel is better than the first movie, and this is one of those. I completely agree. Uh, your number seven. All right, where are we at? Number seven is, you know, whatever. This is my pick. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The Temple of Doom? I love it. That's the worst one. No, it is not. I absolutely love that movie. You're insane. Why? I mean, I like it too, but it's definitely the worst of the three. You think so? Yes. It's not even close. I'm not a huge Indiana Jones fan. Why Why would that one be your favorite? Because I think it's the one that I've watched more than any of the others. Shield monkey brains. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that dude is so good. The, what's his name? Uh, with the big sword. I don't remember. I love Temple of Doom. 
It's the one with the kid in it, right? Yeah, short round. Yes, that's why. It's like in India. Love it. It's in India. So I know the and one. It's got that the uh, last really crusade. annoying actress that plays like the Hollywood starlet. Yeah, I don't know who that is though. No, I mean, I can't remember her name now. She's famous though. So here's another reason. Like this is another thing that came up on TV all the time. I always watched it. It had the big rolling ball that he has to dive and get under. Uh, no, that's not in Temple Isn't, of Doom. That's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is it? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, then I'm wrong on that. But either way, oh, but it's got the, that spike room. That's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, it isn't. Is Short Round in both of these movies? Uh, no. What do you mean spike room? Temple there's of room. Doom is the one where they go into, they got the children working in the mines. Yes. And there's a de- devil cult down there. Yes. And they got the cult leader and he pulls the guy's heart out of his chest. Absolutely. Yeah. But the, but they the also, sequence you're thinking of with the spikes and shooting the poison darts and the big ball, that's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. But I thought Short Round was involved with that stuff. Uh, no. No, that's when he goes in. He They're gets, in a room. He gets the thing. Mm-hmm. All right. The ball, he gets chased out. And then he gets surrounded by all the local like tribesmen. And then the Nazi guy shows up and takes the thing from him. Yeah, but they also get trapped in a room together. And oh, like yeah, yeah, doors sure. are sliding apart. And I thought spikes were coming out of this room. It might be, might be. And that happens in like all of them. So Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so and this is like you know, I can be very criticized no for this, but I'm not one. a it's big the only one with no Nazis in it. I'm not a big Indiana Jones follower. I'm really well, not. That's terrible. But this movie is the one that I've watched more than any any of the Indiana Jones movies, and it's my number seven. Well, you're going to get crusaded for that. Cru- oh, really? Crucified for that. That's what I should say. Yeah, okay. I was trying to make a last crusade joke. <laughs> yeah, but, it didn't make uh, sense. Because you've picked the worst Indiana Jones movie. All I like right. it. Let's go with... I like it, too. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying it's like vastly it. inferior. It's not. Um, let's go. Uh, that's, that was your number seven. Mm-hmm. My number six is one that might not make most people's lists. Oh, really? It's a, so now I need to criticize you for the no, pick. It's just one that I happen to love. Okay. Uh, and will watch the rest of my days. Um, it's also an Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yes. It is The Running Man. You know, I've never, I don't even know if I've ever seen it. it this is a travesty that you haven't seen it. The really? Running Man is an amazing movie. Uh, Richard Dawson's also in it. He was the host of Family Feud. Oh yes, and he was it was set in the future, and he was the host of like a reality television show where they take criminals or convicts and put them into this basically like a gladiator contest where they have to really? go through this entire you know game, and each like area has a different gladiator that you have to defeat. Yeah, and you know, there's like one of my favorite ones was I think his name was Dynamo, and he's this big fat opera singer that has like electricity as like his weapon. And there's another one where there's guy, uh, one of the guys is on ice skates. It's fantastic, and it's just a nonstop action, nonstop action. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just basically nonstop action of Arnold Schwarzenegger running through this whole gauntlet, fighting the various different. Um, gladiators. That's awesome. I it's, love gladiator stuff. It's amazing. I'm going to see if I can see what the different ones are. Um, 
what the different bad guys are. I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, um, super fun. Watch it. Definitely, definitely get a hold of The Running Man and watch that. Cool. I will. That sounds amazing. I love everything that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has Let me. Ever... I just got to look up The Running Man villains because... Done. Um, and I don't know how this has not made it as a television show since then. It's the perfect... Um, it's the perfect <laughs> it vehicle. Really good. Or and they just don't make movies like this anymore. First off, um, wait, Stephen King wrote it. I don't know if that's true, but I'm gonna find out really quick. Um. Anyway, you can go on because I can't seem to find the name of all the different. Okay. People. So my number six is a a Mad Max movie. Do you Ooh. know which one? Um, well, there's two choices here. I I'm only going with one choice in my top ten. I'm going to. I know which one I like, mm-hmm. but I think you're going to go with Mad Max Two: The Road Warrior. No, I went with Mad Beyond Max Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. All right, Master Blaster. I like that one too. Actually, if it were me. I know everybody's going to say Mad Max 2. That's like going to be the higher ranked one. Yep. Um, I agree with you 100%. Yes. I prefer Beyond Thunderdome. I don't know if it's maybe because I was a little older when I saw it, but it's definitely like over the top. Oh my gosh, is it over the top. And it's so great. 20 men enter, one man leaves. Is that the one with Tina Turner in it too? I th- yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's um, she's the like the... The queen lady, right? Yeah. Or, uh, the auntie. Un- I can't remember the details. Auntie en- entity. That was the wor- first one where things really went like oh, insane. Oh, man, like does it go insane. And, and the fact that that guy I don't know, is Mel Gibson still- does an amazing job in all those movies. Mad Max like set the stage for... I still love the first one, even though... Oh, yeah. Like, it's kind, people like think it's boring Jordan? a lot of times. George Miller knew what he was doing when he made these movies. Like he had a vision for a movie and he did it all four times. And the fact that he came back and made Fury Road. And then Fury Road comes and in. And he was like 80 in his 80s when I he know. made that. And it's all practical effects. Like everything in that movie was really shot, really done, really blown up. They were ch- racing cars. People, you know, people are standing on top of vehicles playing guitars with fire blown out of their backs. It's amazing. It and is he's unreal. he's making another one. There's another one coming out. There's a sequel to Fury Road coming out. I didn't the guy's know like 90 years old. It's insane. And he's doing what he wants and to do. And he's writing it, directing it. He's doing everything. He was born in 19 Well, he's not that old. He was born in 1945. So that would be 75 so years he's old. So 70 something. 75, yeah. Yeah. That's still I mean, you're still up in age at 75 yeah, trying to make these not, movies. I thought he was in his 80s, but um, anyway, well, still an, an amazing. Uh, has he made other movies? He must have. Right? I don't know. I'm oh, sure he has. Oh God, he's made so many other movies. I feel like an idiot now. He made Babe. What? He made Babe. No way. He made Happy Feet. He wrote and directed Happy Feet and Happy Feet Two. He and wow. he, and Babe and Babe Pig in the City. And he, so he's got like a dark side, and then he's got a children's side. The, we- the Witches of Eastwick. He did the Twilight Zone movie. I love that movie. Wow. Um, yeah, no, great, great stuff. 
Beyond yeah. Thunderdome. I agree with you. Yeah, Tina Turner. Yeah, she's in it. Okay, that was my number six. Uh, my number six is another one. Oh no, you no. should be on five. My number five is one that may, people might have higher, but we're in the top five now. We're so. in the top five, man. My number five is Lethal Weapon. Wow, Mel Gibson, okay. Danny Glover. I love Danny. Glover. Get it in there. I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, another in the like the real run of those action comedies in the vein of Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. Um, you know, I just, it, what can you say? Everybody knows Lethal Weapon. All of them are good. Yeah. I don't care what you say. They're all really good. And Lethal Weapon 3, right? That was a mm-hmm. really good one. I, for some reason, that one sticks out in my mind as one that I really liked. But I think the only one in the 80s was the first one. Because I think it must have been like late 80s, right? Yeah, it was like a 1987. Something like that. Um, that's the year I was born. Buddy Cop, and it was, I don't know if it was the first, but it it's solidified like the Buddy Cop, Cop genre. Yes, it is. 1987, you're right. Buddy Cop comedy action drama, or not drama. Uh, written by one of our favorites, Shane Black. Sh- he wrote it? Oh, I yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, for sure. He wrote that. I had no idea, man. That's really good. Murtaugh, Riggs. Come on, no, son. It's Murtaugh. 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 Um, Roger Murtaugh. Martin Riggs. Great one. All right. Your number five. Love it. My number five is RoboCop. Oh, okay. I thought you'd get that on, on yeah, that list. Yeah, he has to be in my top five. It didn't, it didn't uh, grace mine. It didn't? No. You're a dick. I shouldn't have said that. It's not over yet. <laughs> I know. And then we have a Patreon one coming out, too. Well, I, maybe it's on there. It could be. Um, well, it's definitely in my top five. RoboCop is a movie that I watched just as much as Star Wars, just as much as Batman, just as much as anything else in my childhood. Uh, I watched it all the time. And it, all of these, I, I guess I don't know what channel it was on, but... It was on channels that I watched on satellite because apparently we had a lot of channels, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I remember it because we didn't have satellite. I feel like it was on WGN a lot. It was on WGN a lot, but RoboCop came out came out all the time, so I watched it all the time, but I also had the VHS of it. So whenever I wanted to, I'd pop in that VHS. Please be kind, rewind. Get that VHS life. And Did you have one of those separate... VHS rewinder boxes? No, mine rewinded. Well, I know, but they made a separate rewinder box that rewound faster. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have one of those. I'm sorry, I wasn't privileged. I didn't have one either. So oh. <laughs> I only no. know one person that had one. I know of I know somebody that I was either related to or went to their house a lot had one because I remember seeing them, but maybe my grandparents. We didn't have one either way. But anyway, um yeah, RoboCop, it's a strange it's like a strange film, and you're going back and watching it. Yeah, it's dated. It's, you know, it is what it is, but a half man, half robot, almost Darth Vader type character, but as in a good person. Um, <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, he's basically an animatronic person, right? Yeah. Which is what Darth Vader is. Sure. I'll give it to you. He's not robotic? No. Darth Vader? I mean, he's got he's got aspects of robotics to him, I guess. So does RoboCop. All right, sure, I'll give it to you. It's the same thing. RoboCop's more of a like a cyborg. So is Darth Vader. He is a cyborg, but 
they just don't call it that Darth way. Vader's personality, and it does RoboCop's. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. All right, whatever. But <laughs> RoboCop's a good movie. I watch it all the time. Everybody needs to watch it, and I would really love to have a weapon made like his, which they do make. I think Ruger or Glock makes... Not Glock. I think they do make an addition that looks like a RoboCop gun. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I like the movie too. I, I just didn't like it as much as you, I guess. I love it. Well, I, you know, and I don't remember like I am, watching it a lot. When I'm I was a huge kid. into the nostalgia. I just, it wasn't thing. one that I caught a lot for some reason. Every every time we do a top ten, I always have a nostalgia aspect to it, and RoboCop is one of those nostalgia picks for me because I just remember watching it so much as a child. Yeah, and um, I wish I was a, still a child. All right. Well, can I get on to my number four? My number four. Number four. My number four is one you've mentioned, but it's placed where it should be. Okay. Not criminally low like you placed it. Temple of Doom. Because this is a People's Choice Award winner. Golden Global winner for Best Motion Picture. Academy Award winner for Best Original Screenplay. One of the highest grossing or highest profiting movies of all time, Jerry. Which one? Beverly Hills Cop. Correct. Yeah. Number four. Beverly Hills Cop for a long time held... Records for the franchise. I, I didn't say, know that. Is one of the highest grossing franchises of all time. It was like overturned like with like Titanic or something stupid. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 1 made $234 million. And the production budget was. Holy smokes. Probably peanuts, I guess <laughs> it would be. Do you know how much money Eddie Murphy has to have? He, I think he is, or he was at one time the highest grossing actor of all time. I don't think he is anymore. No, Mike that's, Myers uh, was up there for a while too. That's a uh, Will like, Smith was up there. Why can't I think of his name? Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Robbie, Robert is, Downey Jr. is actually, like the no, guy right the now. The number 1 is Samuel L. Jackson. What? Cuz he was in all the he's Star in Wars. Every single movie he ever made. He was in Star Wars, he was in Marvel, he's in all of them. And Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but for a long time Eddie Murphy was because mostly of well, all of his movies of course. Right. But then the Shrek movies were Huge. huge. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was a huge movie, but I think the sequels even then made way more mo- way more money. Um, it is actually, the first one is uh, Adjusted for Inflation, the third highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Wow. Um, at least previous to like Deadpool, because that's not on That's what list, I was going to say. Deadpool would be... Deadpool was one, up right? there. Logan was up there. Venom's yep. up there. I know. Well, that wasn't rated... Oh, Logan was or it? Deadpool are number one. One of those two is. I'm pretty sure Deadpool. Yeah. Or is Joker now? Joker is. Joker is. It's Joker. It's the highest grossing rated R movie of all time, and it should be. No, it's garbage compared to all these other movies. All right. So anyway, we've talked about Beverly Hills Cop, how great it is, how great, uh, how fun it is, uh, how it was like perfect in crossing all the lines uh, for the different genres, and Eddie Murphy is amazing. A treasure. Mine number four. Um, I grouped multiple movies into one, and I don't think I should because I didn't do that with others. Uh, so I'm just going to pick the first one out of the three. Well, out of the like five now, but it is the original Rambo. Rambo First Blood. Oh, fuck, Chris. I love Rambo. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be an army guy, right? 
and then I turned into an army guy, and then I got out of the army because I was like, I don't want to be an army guy. Um, and that movie is. But John Rambo was uh, was he? He was special forces, right? Yes. Was it army special forces? Yeah. Okay, so he was a ranger. He was a uh, green beret. I thought that was the Marines. Green no. berets. Marines don't have any special forces. They go to something else. Don't they, they have go Delta with the Force Navy. or something? Yep. Well, Delta Force is a different. That's like a, any any military person can be in Delta Force. So it's all, you know, all, uh, what am I trying it's to say? It's MARSOC, Marine Forces Special Operations Command. It's a component of SOCOM. But that's not what John Rambo was. Um, John Rambo was a Green Beret. Oh, did you know they do have them now? What? The Marine Corps does now have them. I did not know that. Uh, I don't know when this is as of 2015. Now an elite branch of U.S. Marine Corps will officially be known as the Raiders. Oh, no. Yeah, I had heard of the Raiders, but I didn't know that they were doing that. It was an old name. They brought back, I guess. Anyway, irrelevant. Most most Marines went to Navy SEAL training. That's what they would do for Special Forces stuff. Okay. Uh, Army always does, like, either Ranger School, uh, Green Beret stuff, Delta Force, like, a lot of that kind of thing. But anyway, he was a Green Beret. Well... And he comes back. The what I absolutely love about this movie is that it shows like the incredible like mental anguish this man is going through. Like he is in terrible pain, like in his mind all the time. Nobody understands him. There's only one colonel that can come back and like really speak to him and tell him like, listen. You have to do this. And that guy's a jackass. And he is. Yeah, but he's the only one that can get through to him. And uh, Sylvester Stallone has like six words he says in the entire movie. He doesn't speak. Like he doesn't have a lot of speaking to do in the movie. But holy crap, I just think it's really well done. I think it's an incredible movie. And I loved it, especially as a kid. Like I was like very captivated by what he was doing. Right. I just, I love it. I, I had originally wrapped them, like, uh, the first three movies all into one. You really can't because they're all so different. They are very, very different. And that's why I look at it and I was like, I can't do this. And so I have, have you to seen go the with new First one? Blood. And I, I haven't. No, I is haven't. Last Blood or something like it that? It is, yeah. I want to see it. Oh, you haven't seen no. it either? Yeah. Good. I want. I do want to see that. Actually, I heard really good things about it. So yeah, I hope it's good. He's like a cowboy now in the... In the West. I don't know anything about it. I yeah, he's like it, a cowboy. This nice. is what he looks like. All right. But it, yes, again, with all of these movies, if you haven't seen any of these movies and you hear them in our top 10, that means you're an idiot and you need to watch this movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on from your travesty of a pick and we'll go to my number. Is it three? Mm-hmm. Oh, my number three. Um, it is, again, like I like kind of the same thing as you. It was a group of movies, mm-hmm. but I'll pick one since you did. Um, Temple of Doom. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Oh, the Last Crusade. I know, Sean Connery. Now, I know everybody's favorite is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It mm, is not mine. amazing, amazing movie. It's incredible. But for some reason, I always loved The Last Crusade, which is also an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um 
I don't know, something about that. All the Indiana Jones movies, first of all, I'm a massive fan. When I was a kid, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were up there with Star Wars, but they were right there. I mean, it was like, that's what I watched all the time. Star mm-hmm. Wars, Indiana Jones. Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Sure. That's all that mattered to me. And um, that probably was always my favorite. I just love the whole aspect. Sean Connery, the stuff with him, between him and his dad, going to search for the Holy Grail. Um, yeah. The whole thing is just amazing. When they're having the battle on the tank, like at the, and right. it goes off the cliff, the whole thing. It's amazing. That it is, is great. I love Sean Connery, and I think he does a really good job in that movie. Originally, I debated including Indiana Jones on an action movie list because it's while it is, there is a lot of action, it is definitely more adventurous. Yeah. It would be like an action adventure. But it definitely should be included. And, you know, honestly, of any movie I have in my list, even the ones that are in the one and two spot, mm-hmm. Those Indiana Jones movies are the ones that I would go back and watch the most. My one and two, um, I have on my. I wouldn't go back and watch them as much as Indiana Jones, and I don't think any any movies on these lists that we talked about hold up as well as Indiana Jones. Like to watch to a modern day audience because there were period movies that were set in the forties or fifties or right. whatever. Yeah. So and they were so high budget and well done, and George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, yeah, the whole thing. Uh, so they're definitely the most current looking, but I would just say those would be the ones I go back to my one and two. I have on the list because like they really solidify that action genre for me, you know? Okay. And I just feel like, don't look, I want to look, don't look, I want to look at yours. All right. That's my number three, Indiana Jones. I'll, I'll do okay. the last crusade. Um, so my he number chose th- wrong. Who did he chose wrong? Oh Yeah. Okay, I thought you were telling me. But, but nothing nothing rivals the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark when the horrible special effects of everybody's face is melting off. The face melting. I it forgot that's in Raiders so of the Lost Ark. It's so frightening as a child. And like, well, at well, the time, though, dreams. that was a really big deal. Yeah, like, and watch it now. It is comically bad. Yes, it is, it is so bad. bad. I actually watched a behind-the-scenes of that on, on how they made it happen. Um, there's a YouTube video. I don't remember what it's called, but it's a, it's how they made that face melting scene happen, and it was really cool. I love that dude too. That's like, oh, maybe that's in Temple. I can't remember the big the big fat guy that's like his guide. Indy, Indy. It's got like little kids. That's no, it's in it's in Last Crusade because they're is in it? the Holy Land. Yeah, I don't remember. All right, my number three is, and maybe a lot of people would say this is too low for a number three pick, but it's a number three and you have to live with it, is Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard. I love it. Um, Live free or die hard, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, Mel Gibson. Bruce Willis. uh, Yeah, he was, yes. Bruce Willis. You know, even though him and Kevin Smith don't get along, and I'm mostly on Kevin Smith's side with this, he made a good movie with Die Hard and all of the others to follow. I believe it is kind of a Christmas film um, because everybody watches it at Christmas. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, if you want to say that. I mean, um, it gets played at Christmas, so apparently it's a Christmas movie. But this but is the not, epitome. But... This is like one of the epitomes of an action film. Yeah. Oh, and, for sure. This you know, was genre-defining. So, yes. And I don't know what else I need to say about it. You know, everybody loves Die Hard. Yeah. Well, if, we'll talk about it more when I pick my number two. Die Hard. Yeah, okay. Die Hard is, I don't think, I couldn't say that it's underrated because it's 
you know, people love it, obviously. Yeah, everybody. It's amazing. Amazing action. The best part about it is it's just like a regular old cop dude, but he's doing things that are obscenely ridiculous. Yes. And it's like he doesn't ever want to be there. <laughs> yeah. It's you and know? it's funny. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. But you know what I know the best part about Die Hard? Hans Gruber. Yes. A little guy named Alan Rickman. Yeah. Is who acts the shit out of his part. The best. One of the best, first of all, maybe the best villain portrayal in any movie ever. How, oh, yeah. 100%. How often do you watch a movie where you like root for the villain? I know. Because you're like, yeah, I want that guy to win. <laughs> He's and, so amazing. Uh, He's so great. And watching Hans Gruber fall off Yakatomi Plaza <laughs> is like, I don't know if it's one of the best or worst scenes in a movie because, like you said, you kind of root for the guy. <laughs> right. You know, and then seeing his demise off of the building, it's like, what is going on? And Alan Rickman is. Gosh, he died too young because oh he was going to do a lot He's of good things. One of my favorite actors of all time. And Incredible. I don't think they can ever make a Sandman movie without him. Oh, he would have been perfect. I don't even say that. I didn't even think about Morpheus. that. That's really sad. You're right. Yeah. He would have been perfect. Uh, I don't know. Wow. I love Die Hard. I, you know, and I love all the sequels to Die Hard, too. I know. They're all great. They are very good. Even the newest one. Um, I don't know if I've seen it. Um, What's the, the newest one? Live Free or Die Hard? No, there's a newer one than that. Die Hard. Uh, I don't remember. Die Hard, Die Fast. <laughs> yeah. Live Hard, Die Fast. Die with a Vengeance. No. Live Free or Die Hard, 2007. A Good Day to Die Hard. Oh, yeah. I never saw that. 2013. I don't think I saw that either. My number two, Christopher. Yes, sir. Is one that you've also talked about, and it is one that's called Lethal Weapon. Oh, nice. Lethal Weapon has been one of my favorites because of the buddy cop thing. Yeah. And I honestly love Danny Glover. Oh, yeah, he's great. I mean, Mel Gibson's great, but I feel like Danny Glover is what makes that movie because he offsets Mel Gibson so well. Like, they just offset each other so well, and... I don't know. It's a perfect buddy cop film. To me, you can't get any better than Lethal Weapon um, in that genre. And it's a perfect action movie. Well, you can get one better because you, you can get one number better, one. But the, my number one isn't a buddy cop film. Oh, so. okay. Gotcha. Um, and right. <laughs> I, never mind. Go ahead. I will talk about it. Go ahead. All right. My number one, because I threw you off a little earlier, didn't I? When? When I said your pick was terrible, because my number one is First Blood, all it, day long. Oh, really? It's an amazing movie. It is legitimately <laughs> oh one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? And not for the action. It's a like no, genuinely no, smart, moving, yes. interesting story, which is just like surrounded by. Yeah, action. The, the action that's that is involved with it crazy, but not like over the top. But it also has the whole element of like all the traps that he's building right. out in the woods, which right. is just really cool. Like it's cool in that respect. Yes, it's got awesome action. But what is? It's like an unbelievable story of like trauma and 
Yes, of coming uh, home. Depression and not... Coming home from a place that you had to do certain things and then you're people not... People not caring about you. Right. People, you know, it was a, it's the ultimate, like, Vietnam story. It and is. I don't know. I don't know. Any, He's like any, a, any, a scared animal, basically, that doesn't know how to handle himself back in civilian life and doesn't know what else to do. And like I said, that colonel comes back and is basically the only person that can talk to him. But... He's talking to him to do a job when he doesn't want to have to do this stuff anymore. And he's like being forced into a corner. And then he like, he does what he's like programmed to do, you know? And it's like the scene where he's like sitting in a building and he's hiding behind a counter and just crying. Yeah. It's like, wow, man. Like that's It's amazing and powerful. And honestly, I never really appreciated it when I was younger because... It came out before I was born. It was an early 80s movie. So when I was growing up, you watched the Rambo sequels. Sure. Which were completely different movies. I mean, they were... Yeah, because then he's like completely... um, Over-the-top action movies. Yeah. There wasn't really any story there. There wasn't any emotion. There wasn't any heart. So honestly, I had never really seen First Blood, the first one, because I grew up with the, the sequels. I'd never really seen the first one until I was in college, believe it or not. And a buddy of mine who we always watched movies together and we were both kind of film snobs, I guess. He's like, have you seen First Blood? I'm like, well, yeah, of course I have. And then I had to really think about it. I'm like, I mean, I guess I have. I've seen all the Rambo movies. Yeah. And then I thought about it more and I'm like, I don't know if I ever saw the <laughs> first one. Because the, all, the sequels are just like throwaway. Yeah, they are. And I love them. They're fun. I think they're so great. But, you know, they're throwaway. And then we went back and watched it, and I'm immediately just like blown away. I'm like, this is like a smart, independent film. That's a, exactly how it was put out at the yeah. time. Well, it was put out as an action movie, but... I don't think it was a big movie. They like snuck it in there as being, you know, more like way deeper it made 125 million dollars in the box office in 1982 that's pretty good that's a lot of money um yeah it was wow it was great i love that i mean is it as rewatchable as a lot of the movies on my list no no probably not but i think it was i don't know it just had a big effect on me i i'm 100 in the same boat um but so my number one... I know what your number one is. I don't think you do. I think I do. Take a guess. Well, it was on my list, right? No. Oh, okay. It was never on your list. I thought you said you had Big Trouble in Little China somewhere in your list. Well, maybe. Okay. Um, it's not number one. Oh, okay, though. I gotcha. Um, all right, so my number one people are going to criticize me for. You are definitely going to criticize me for. If you say Gremlins, I'm going to be pissed. No, it's not Gremlins. <laughs> it's not an action But movie. this is a movie I have always loved. I will always love. I will always watch it. I'll never turn it off. You have me color me intrigued. And it is an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Got any ideas yet? Yeah, I know what it is, but that's from the 90s. What? What? No, La- it's not. Last Action Hero? Predator. Oh, Predator, of course. Yeah. I should have thought I should have I should have realized that. Oh my gosh. I've always loved Predator as a villain, as an alien, as anything. I've wanted to be Predator my entire life. Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie is amazing. Um what's the guy's name that is is Jesse uh, Ventura? Oh yeah. I'm like a sexual tyrannosaurus. 
That's what he says. He's like, or he's he's putting red man in his jaw. And he says, you want some? He's like, no, thanks. He's like, this stuff will make you a sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> but just being out in the woods and then... Uh, Carl Weathers? Carl Weathers, That's yes. Right. And when they... Is Carl Weathers is in The Mandalorian, right? He is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Carl Weathers is in that. And uh, obviously in Rocky yeah, he's as well. Yeah, having a resurgence. But I, I don't know. Everything about Predator I love, it's an incredible action movie. I kind of forgot about Predator, to be honest. I mean, I, Arnold it's just Schwarzenegger a fun action covers movie. himself in mud so that he can't be seen by the heat sensors on the Predator. Predator is invisible. Which makes jumps no sense, through the trees. The way, no, it doesn't, sensor. but it's amazing. <laughs> You're covering yourself the in mud. mud. Is not going to cover up your 98 degree body Cools temperature. Cools you down, Chris. First of all, how hot was it in that jungle? He was cool under the mud, but the jungle is probably 100 degrees. If it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> yeah, and no, it's a great movie. Oh my gosh, everything about it I love. Skinless bodies hanging from trees. Awesome. I don't. I still don't think I'd put it in my top ten, but I, I respect your decision. The other I'm not going to. I'm not going to bash the you other it. black guy with the bug eyes that shaves his head. He's amazing, and gets killed. The Indian that stands on the logs. Um, what's it? What does he say? Oh, there's a quote there that I should be able to pull out because I used to say it all the time. I'm going to look up predator quotes. Wasn't that originally made for um, Sylvester Stallone? I think it was. And guess who? Guess who wrote that? Um, I don't know. Shane Black and also stars in it. Not in the first one. Yes, the first movie is written by Shane Black and he stars. It's written it. by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. What? No. That's not true. Yeah, I think you're right though. I've definitely heard that. No, I I have always known that it was written by Shane Black. I did not know of these Jim Thomas and John Thomas things. Okay, you're right. Um, he stars in it. Directed and written by Shane Black. Shane I don't know Black. why. What I, Wikipedia is wrong because I looked it up somewhere else. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even know what else to say. Like, oh, maybe I was. I was looking at Commando. Sorry, you're an idiot. Yeah, Commando. Um, I, 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 I don't even know what else to say. It's amazing. Oh, Billy quotes. That's what I want. Because this guy, Billy, he's the Indian. Oh, Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah, he was in that. Keegan-Michael Key's in this? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. We're all going to die. He was awesome. Is this what you're doing now? I'm, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> the rest of the show, like as long as we're here, I'm going to I'm going to do that. So no, Keegan Michael Key, I think was in the reboot. I wouldn't think he'd be old enough. No, to be yeah, he's in the newest one. Ah, okay, he's sense. in the newest one that I saw that's not very good, and I wanted every Predator movie. I have had such high hopes for um, Predators vs Aliens. Actually, I didn't. I I, I kind of enjoyed that movie. Yeah, but, that wasn't bad. Um, and then the one with uh, AVP. Uh, Right, Alien versus Predator, wasn't it? Yes, AVP. Yeah. That was pretty decent. But then there was another one with uh, what's that guy's name? Adrian Brody. It was okay. Okay, I don't Predators. Remember. Oh yeah, Pearl, maybe. Yeah. I remember well, that. but then Predator Two had Danny Glover in it, and it was in the. 
I would put that, I should have put that on my list, but it was in a city, like the predator comes back to a city and Danny Glover's a cop in the town and he's the one who starts figuring out that there's an alien murdering people and at one point he walks into this like big trailer but it's like a cooler um it's like a butcher locker cooler you know like where you hang meat and he gets in there and there's meat hanging but the predator's in the same room but it's a cooler and obviously he could see the hot body but he was like hiding in carcasses going around oh it's an incredible movie so i so i figured this out and i don't want to burst your bubble but Shane Black was in Predator, but he did not write or direct Predator. He I was always wrote under the and directed Predator the remake in Pre- 2018 or whatever. But I thought he made the original. No, it was directed by John McTiernan and written by Jim and John Thomas, who also created uh, the character. Um, but Shane Black was in it. I know he was in it. Yeah, he yeah, was I Hawkins. He was... he was the radio guy. Yeah, glasses. And he said he says something about, uh, but Shane said, Beck did uh, <laughs> the Predator, which came out in um, 2018. That was written and directed uh, by Shane Black. Okay, well, he has an off-color joke when they're writing on the chopper, like with Jesse Ventura, when he says, "Like this will make you a sexual tyrannosaurus." He starts talking about a woman's vagina, and it's a relatively funny joke that I'm not <laughs> going to repeat. All right. Well, that's it. That's our top 10. That is the top 10. We will get to the honorable mentions. And that was fun. We should do 90s Patriot. action movies. I agree. Because there's a lot more Oh man, 90s. in the 90s because that was, I feel like that was more, I was older. Are we going to have to do a top 15 for that? Well, we have five honorable mentions that will be Patreon exclusive tonight. Yes. So if you want to listen to our top five honorable mentions. And let me just tell you, I got some great ones. Oh, I got better. Uh, I got even better than his. Um, well, but you have to subscribe on our patreon.com slash snarf comics. You have to subscribe at the $5 a month level, and you have access to all of our Patreon exclusive episodes, of which there are a bunch of them. There are. As well as Snarf Yoki and all kinds of fun and stuff. And script pages from Fourth Reich that I need to put out soon. Um, there have been five pages put out at this point um there's going to be another page put out tomorrow maybe nice all right should we do a little what we're watching we got about 20 minutes left yeah we got some what you're watching i got a couple and two i got uh one's a big one probably the same as you i'm positive it is um, and it's what the clone wars clone wars yes season seven of clone let's wars. talk about that last Okay. Well, I was told to watch this, right, from Chris, like every episode since it's been out. And I finally got into it, and I watched every episode, I think, in two to th- two days. Of the whole series? Of season seven. I'm oh, saying. okay. Okay, whatever. Well, you had to wait week to week, and I got to watch it all yeah, in, that's true. in one shot. All right, did you have any other what you're watching before we get into Clone Wars? I have another. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You don't? Yeah, I do have another one, too. Okay, well, I have one. That is um, an improv special okay. on Netflix. Have you seen this? Nope. No idea what you're talking about. So it is Middleditch and Schwartz improv special. So it's Thomas Middleditch yeah. and Jason Schwartz. Who's Jason Schwartz? He was... Uh, I know who he is. He was in Parks and Rec. He's in Parks and Rec yep. as... Uh, what can I think John of John Ralphio. Name? John Ralphio. Yep. That's, that's the guy. Apparently they're buddies. 
but they do an improv special where everything is made up on the spot and uh, it's multiple episodes. I've only seen two. What's um, it called? They're our Middle Ditch and Schwartz improv special. Huh. All right, I'll check it out. I like that. I, I like I like uh, Middle Ditch a lot. Oh my I'm, gosh! I'm not been a huge fan of the other guy, but I I, I liked his character on Parks and Rec. It's so worth it. Yes, it okay. is so Great. funny. It, the, the very first episode wrapped me in because they they like talk to the audience and they're like, "Listen, this is an improv. We're gonna make it up on the spot. It might be sloppy. It you know it." It is what it, it is. is. What it is yeah. And so they just ask a question to somebody in the audience and, t- and they start going through a story of this wedding and all this stuff. And it's wild right off the bat of this story that these people are telling them from their wedding and who they pick to be in the wedding. And then that's the story they go off of for their improv. And I was, I was ready for bed. Like I was going to go to bed and I just happened to th- flip on Netflix. I'm like, I'll fall asleep to some mindless thing. I saw that it intrigued me. And I was like sitting up laughing out loud to things that they were doing because it's so funny. And Thomas Middleditch is so awkward and weird, but incredibly funny. Like he was built for improv. Oh yeah. I think he, he had to have stemmed from improv at some point because he's just so good at it. And the same with Jason Schwartz. Like he's very, very good at it too. And the way they play off each other, amazing. I, I, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, those two are, you can tell when you see them in anything that they do a lot of improv. The other guy that you can tell that does a lot of improv that's similar to them, I feel like, is the guy, he's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but he was also on The League. He's like, uh, what is his name? I didn't Um, watch much. You didn't watch The League? Not much of it, no. Um, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but anyway, you wouldn't know him then if you haven't seen those two things, Mm. probably. Is he a singer? Yeah, yeah. He sings. He sings Uh, the theme song to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Is it, uh... I'm just, no. Oh, you made that up? Yes, Oh, no, there's a guy in the, it's either in the league or Blue Mountain State. I don't know, whatever. That, that was my other what you're watching. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I will check that out because I do like both of those people and interrupt. The guy I'm talking about, by the way, his name is Jason Matzukas. Hmm. It if you saw a picture of him, you'd know who he was. I'll look him up. Jason Mantzukas. Anyway, uh, the what I have been watching, other than the big one, um, is a show that just came out on Amazon, and I quickly got completely sucked into it. And have been like watching it nonstop. I f- actually finished it. Um, it is a show called Upload. It's the newest one that came out from never, Amazon. It's an Amazon original never show. Never heard of this. Um, and it is a comedy, kind of a comedy. Um, it's a comedy about basically what happens. It's set in the future. Okay. And what happens is after you die, they download your consciousness into. A virtual world where you live in yes infinitely you know yes. forever. I do okay. I if know you exactly can afford to go there, yes. And it's a comedy, and this guy, like, right in the first episode, he like dies um, of a tragedy mm-hmm. and murdered, get, stab, he, throat stab. Well, you find out later in the show, but okay. he gets uploaded into this uh, his girlfriend, who's from a very wealthy family, that they just kind of like started dating they're not like super you know serious um she has him uploaded 
to where their family gets uploaded, which all the rich people get uploaded to this one. Oh, uh, Lakeview right. is what it's called. Perfect. And it's just a great show. But they have these people, like this customer service people. Yeah. That are they're called angels. So if you're in there and you're like angel, I need something, they show up and they're like real people that work for the company that manages the virtual world that you live within, that you're downloaded to. Oh, so they're not in the downloaded world. They're they can, real. They can come in with like virtual reality goggles. Right. So can other people. Like if you're dead and you're in the virtual world, your family can visit you with virtual reality goggles. Oh. You okay. actually attend your own funeral. Wow. And they have like a big screen TV and you're there at your own funeral and stuff. So like you basically live forever. And they, they actually like people can rent sex suits that you put on and you can actually have a relationship with people. Like if one person's alive, one person's dead, you can actually have a relationship. Wow. A physical relationship. Yeah, a physical obviously. relationship. And, uh, but the funny, th- I mean, the thing about it is these afterlifes is what they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, are controlled by big tech companies and they're like full of in-app purchases. So like everything you want to do is an in-app purchase. <laughs> oh my like gosh. if you want a bag of Doritos <laughs> from your mini bar, it's like a dollar ninety-nine in-app purchase. Um or anything like that. So you so, have to have money. And there there's also advertisers in there. So like oh so the physical per like the physical upload person has to have money to get that stuff. Yeah, they're not physical. I mean, they're in no, a virtual know, reality like world. Yeah. So he does or he somebody have has hunger to... and want to eat things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. You don't, I mean, it's all code, but they program it, I guess. But there's even advertisements in there. Like at one point, uh, um, they're trying to get everybody to sell. They have a deal with Taco Bell to sell like chalupas. And these things are popping up all around as they're walking around like, it's free taco day. Try a chalupa. <laughs> or there'll be like a guy in the lobby like, you want to try some Orbitz gum? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. a, it's an interesting uh, idea. And they really like nailed it about like pushing the social commentary in a way that's funny and really? smart. And I really, really enjoyed it. The acting's a little bit hollow. Okay. Um, the main guy is Robbie Amell. It's actually Stephen Amell's brother. The guy in oh, Arrow. that's the main guy. He looks just like Stephen Amell, but younger. Yeah, and um, I didn't really. I'm. Re- I did. There was on, one other person in it that I recognized. I don't know his name, but I've seen him in other stuff. Kevin Bigley, and he plays like a. Oh yeah, Kevin Bacon. I know him. Kevin Kevin Bigley. Oh, Bacon. Okay. <laughs> and he plays like his the friend that he meets in this virtual world, and this guy had like. He was in Iraq and he had his legs or he was in a war and he had his legs blown off. And he just like, he's like, well, screw this. So he just killed himself to get uploaded into this world. Um, And he just lives there. And there's like lots of people that live there. And And they like choose to do that. Yeah. You choose to be uploaded and you can actually like, but what if you die in a car accident and well, if you die and you have to be uploaded before you die. Oh, before you die. So he did get into a car accident. But he didn't die. He got to the hospital, and then they're like, "Do you want us to try and fix you, or do you want to be uploaded?" Like you got to make a choice. Wow. Anyway, you got to watch it. I think it's definitely worth watching. I really, really, really enjoyed it. There's, it's not perfect, but there, and it's funny, very funny, a lot of heart, 
great like love story, really great love story. Yeah. And also like some mystery and intrigue that comes in later because he's like, how did he? Every those right. self-driving cars, how do you get in a car crash? And there's so there's a lot of that. And oh. they set it up nice for season two. It was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. How many episodes? How long are they? I, I don't even know how long. I think they're hour episodes. There's like 10 of them. So you chewed through. Maybe there were half an hour episodes. You chewed through 10 hours worth of content? Yeah. I watched a lot of In it. In a blink of an eye? Yeah. My gosh. Let me see it. Um, I Maybe they're only a half an hour. But anyway, I was really good, and I recommend it, and I thought it was awesome. Cool. Check Sounds it out. Sounds good. Um, I have nothing else. Greg Daniels was the guy who made that, and he's made some other stuff. Craig T. Nelson? Nelson. Yep. Okay. I thought that's what she said. Uh, the guy who wrote The Office made this show. Wow. He's perfect. Yeah. And he made Parks and Recreation as well. No. Yeah. Well, I knew that. So it's got some, and King of the Hill. Oh, and, I didn't know. And he The made Simpsons, it. and Life's Too Short, and wrote on Saturday Night Live, and wrote on The Dana Carvey Show. So holy crap. It's, it's good. Dude's got some creds. It's good. It kind of reminded me That's of street cred, like a mix between um, idiocracy, because it's kind of got that vibe to That's it, like really that funny. Mike Judge vibe to yeah. it, which I guess makes sense since he worked on King of the Hill. Um, it's definitely the got Simpsons. it's definitely got that vibe to it. Yeah, okay. Didn't remind me of the Officer Parks and Rec at all, but um, yeah. it's all funny. Right. It's good. All right, so the big one, of course, we both watched is the Clone Wars. Last week, I had a screaming match at pleading with you you did to watch it to Colin, watch it and i just disgusted with you really right you spit in my face uh poured oil on my hair yeah for some reason um it wasn't anything about clone wars you just poured oil on me it <laughs> yeah. was strange rubbed salt in your wounds yeah I, and i have Lots many open wounds yeah. on my body i'm basically a leper and so that was painful a leopard yeah snow leopard nice and so I ended up going home and watching this show, um, starting from the beginning, obviously, and ending with the finale the other night. let me be night. clear. You never watched The Clone Wars before, I've right? watched the first two seasons okay. of Clone Wars. That's it. So I am... How does a Star Wars fan such as yourself never watch Clone Wars? I don't know. I mean, I didn't even know that they were coming out. I'm very out of touch most of the time, even though I've been more in touch because of the podcast, to be honest. But well it's an older show. I mean it was like two thousand and what, nine to That's why. I mean I just wasn't watching that stuff at the time. Like that's the year I got married. And I don't know. I I didn't I didn't watch it. Okay. What else do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't want you to say anything else. Like you just keep like interrogating me over not watching the show. Well, I did watch season seven because you told me like, don't worry about watching any of the other seasons, just watch season seven. So I did that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I have to say like the first four episodes, um, I wasn't, I mean, they were fine. They were good. I, I totally, think the self-contained story is, is fine for those four episodes, but I totally agree with you. And I, I kind of said that too. I'm like, 
It's, they're good. They're fine. They're fun. It's they're nothing, better if you had seen season six because it kind of more ties into that storyline. I'm sure it probably makes sense more from from that, but um, it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just something that I wasn't attached to personally. Like it, the story itself didn't. Well, the big make reason me. of that is because you haven't. That was clone focused, mm-hmm. and you have to watch the first six seasons to get attached to the clones. Like as, yeah, as people for their characters, yeah. yeah. You, you, so you have no reference point to to care. Yeah, and I didn't. So it was good. It was a good watch. I mean, they're fine. I just wasn't attached to the characters. But then once, epi- as soon as episode five hit, I was like, "This, this is the story right here. Like, this is what's gonna happen." And it kind of even isn't. It's not. No, it's not. It's it's not what the actual season is is about. But that story, that second self-contained story for Ahsoka Tano is great. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. And that's um, five through eight. Yes, five through eight. And then there's nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Uh for the last four. And but but those middle episodes I loved absolutely like absolutely loved. They were great. But then once you get into 9, 10, 11, 12, it's like, holy. I actually wasn't a huge fan balls. of like five and six when she first they were meets fine. the sisters and stuff. But it's fine. Yeah. But yes. I mean, seven they, and eight were very good, I thought. Seven and eight were great. But yeah. five and six, I was like, meh. But I like those. Though, all I was saying is like, I like those episodes a lot better than the first four. So then the next four as a self-contained uh, yeah. story, I think is in. It, one through four incredible. is more cartoony and it really is it, it's yeah. a continuation of an early season six storyline when the clones well when fives the the one that they i mean i guess i won't spoil it but fives um discovers that there's a problem with the clones yes and this is like a partial wrap-up of that and it's fine but it's just more like fun than anything mm-hmm. but yes you're right so nine through twelve is when the meat meets yeah. the potatoes. Yeah, the meat and the potatoes get together and they mash it up. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like and do a meat potato smoothie. Oh, they make themselves into a shepherd's pie. With a gravy sauce on the side. Which is a shepherd's pie. Yes. Um, it's, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, you can get mine out of there too, Christopher. Chris is digging into a refrigerator. Um, so episode nine starts off, I'm not going to give anything away, I guess, because if nobody's watched it, then I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's very Ahsoka Tano heavy. Don't spoil it and just like know that you, if you're a Star Wars fan, you have to watch this. Well, what I, what I am going to say is that like Ahsoka Tano is obviously she was part of the Jedi order, but then, you know, she has been removed from that at this point. And exiled, which is a storyline from season five. Five, yeah. Um, but anyway, she comes back hardcore in this one and is doing things that you want to watch. And then Darth Maul is involved, and she has a lightsaber battle with Darth Maul, which we talked about in the last episode. That is just really incredibly done for an animated show. Like, yeah. I don't know how you do this for an animated it was show. It's actually motion captured. They got the actual actor. 
who played Darth yeah, Maul. Yeah, Dean and, uh, Parker. Ray uh, Park. Ray Park. And Phantom Menace. They got him to come in and they did mocap. Now they animated over top of it still, but uh, it's so fluid. It's still, like, it looks like Darth Maul from the movie. It yeah, really does. It's incredible. And uh, just all of the Ahsoka Tano stuff, even with, like, she does a ton of uh, blocking for lightsabers or uh, for uh, blasters. Like everybody's shooting at her all the time. Right. Effortlessly. Like, and she just constantly blocking every blaster bolt. She's very powerful. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. And that I remember texting you, like, I just want to see like her powers. I want to see her capability. And you're like, just wait. Yeah. And then it, it doesn't necessarily happen to see all of her capabilities, but she just does more and more and more, and she is an incredible, yeah. Like she's just an incredible character, and I loved every bit about it. And she's very heartfelt in the way of like it, the, the very last episode where she was. They were talking about these clones because Order sixty six happens, and you know the clones turn to stormtroopers basically. Uh, at this point, and she, there's a quote I was gonna p- post it on our social media, and I couldn't find it again because uh, I follow a Star Wars uh, Facebook group. It's just like Star Wars Underworld or something, or Underground, and they posted a clip from the finale, and it was her talking to um, the commander. What's his name? Rex. 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 And uh, See, if you watch the rest of the series. You would be extremely invested in Rex. He's the main one of the main characters yeah. of the series. Oh, I could easily tell that. So Rex yeah, for sure. and Ahsoka and Anakin and are the main characters of the series. Yeah, basically. And she was talking to them about, or he, she was talking to him about the clones, and he's like, they would die for this. Like they were, they're going to die for anything that they have to do because they aren't. Like this is what they're programmed to do. He's like, they're going to die for this ship, and she says. Like something along the lines, like that's fine that they're going to die, but I don't want to be the person that kills them. Yeah, and it was like, oh man, like this is intense. It was so good. So it, it's incredible, but um, and that site, the fight between her and Darth Maul, it's great. Um, but that final episode is. Can we put it on the top ten action movies list of all time? <laughs> we should. It's unbelievable. It's nonstop. Action, it's nonstop action. It's literally like shit you've never seen before. I don't even know how they made it. It looks like it's a freaking movie. Movie. It does. The look cinematography like a movie. is incredible. I can't imagine how much money they spent on it. Um, and you know whether you once you get that Disney Plus money, whether you are satisfied or not with the ending. I mean, it's a beautiful ending. Absolutely interesting, intriguing. I, but I didn't also, have a problem with it. You think there's a problem with the ending? No, it was an amazing ending. I just it isn't. I want more. I wanted more, or I want more. I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, there's going to be more. They're going to make another one. No, they're not. It's they're done. not. That's is it. That's it. It's over. I thought they were making a season eight. No, that's it, and that's why they ended it like that. Oh, I don't want to give away the ending because I mean, I guess I could say spoilers, but it's got a very poetic ending with a lot of closure, but at the same time. I don't know that it was satisfying. I think it was. But the problem with ending the Clone Wars 
is you know what it's ending into. Yes. So you can't have a happy ending. No, not in that storyline, but you can have a little more closure to... I thought it was brilliant the way they did it because... Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. That last episode was really amazing. That la- those last four episodes are amazing. Yeah, they really are. And I, I got sucked into it, and as this was going along, I was watching week to week. You know, I couldn't get enough, so I went back and watched season six again because I wanted to remember the storyline from the clones because I couldn't really remember. And so I watched season six, which is very different, but it's amazing. And the whole, you should watch season six first of all because the last four episode arc is all about Yoda, 100%. And it's about how he discovers immortality. Yeah, I have to watch that. Which is a huge part of the story of of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so season six is great. And then I'm like, well, but I thought in season six, they told why Ahsoka got cast out of the Jedi order. No, that was in season five. So I went back and watched season five. That's incredible. The whole season first off. Yeah. And I haven't gone back and watched three and four yet. I watched one earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and one is fun, but very just cartoony. I think it is. It it's really starts. To, I think it starts to really pick up. Um, around season three and beyond, where I feel like it starts with these, and, I'm, and I told you this, it starts with a structure of these mini arcs. So 12 yeah. episode seasons, or well, actually, seasons one through five are 22 episode seasons, I believe. Oh, uh, because geez. that was when it was on TV. Mm-hmm. And then they brought it back on Netflix, I believe, and made season six. That was well after the show was off air. So they made like a 12-episode season. Oh, I didn't know that either. And then they came back and made season seven. My guess was that was supposed to be like a 22-episode season. But, right. you know, it got canceled. So Right. Um, but Dave Filoni had the story already fleshed out. So, no, I, I just think it's amazing. I've always told you and I've always said I'm like Ahsoka Tano is my favorite Jedi. She's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. It's unbelievable. And, you know, you yeah. never really watched the, the no, Clone Wars, so you don't really know why, but now maybe you get a better glimpse at it. Now, I, you don't have the full picture until you go back and watch all the earlier seasons. Right, and I and I absolutely plan on doing that, and I, I need to do it because this, this sold me on it big time because the first two seasons didn't really sell me on the show too much just because... Each episode was like its own thing. Yeah, it felt like nothing tied into each other, and um, it was it was very cartoony. But I feel like once I now I need to watch three, four, five, six. You know, like I told you um, earlier, start backwards. Start go six, five, four, go that way. That's crazy to me that that would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think okay it's, to do. Maybe it's just because I've seen it all before, so I in the back of my mind know the storyline, but. Uh, as the show progressed, it got more adult oriented. Okay. It got more violent. Yeah. It got more dark. It's very dark. Show, it is. It is. Especially in seasons uh, five and six. Um, the Clone Wars is what makes it hard to reckon Darth Vader with mm-hmm. the truth of the movies from that you watched as a kid. Right. Because you're like, there's Anakin. no way. There's no way that Anakin could, could do this. But he does. He does, but the Clone Wars makes it hard because he's... Well, I know, but it's just because of... Because he's, like, awesome. He's, like, amazing. It's because of Palpatine. Yeah, but it's hard to buy it after you watch seven seasons of the Clone Wars. And you... It's hard to 
see him turning that evil. And maybe that's because they just haven't done a good enough job. It's all because of fear. Yeah. You know, and, and fear leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. Anger leads to the dark side. There's something about suffering in there. Maybe that's what it is. Fear leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Suffering leads to the dark side. <laughs> I don't know. It's something like that. But either way, it leads to the dark side, and that's where he ended up. Yeah. Well, and the ending of the Clone Wars um, has a big part to do with that. It does. Because that was, you know, mini spoiler, but not really. Um, there's a moment at the very end of season seven where Darth Vader, a.k.a. Anakin Skywalker, loses his last piece oh. of humanity. And what blew me away that... So I rewatched a couple episodes before I watched the finale. I just wanted to watch a couple episodes leading up to that just to make sure I was like on... You missed the tie-in to Revenge of the Sith, didn't you? I did, yeah. and then I heard it. Like, she felt it. Yes, she felt it, and you could hear it where he says power ultimate power in her head and i was like holy smokes like that's happening right now yep and it i was i it blew me away and amy was sitting next to me she was kind of on her phone but i like sat up i was like did you hear that like did you hear what just happened and i started explaining it to her but she looked at me like nah, i wasn't paying attention yeah and then i get like bummed because i want somebody else to be as excited about it as i was but yeah yeah, that part is what I did miss the first time. I did too as well. And golly, well, that's I caught so it, good. but I didn't know exactly what was going on. I thought that that was going, what was going on, but I couldn't specifically remember the scene from the movie because so you like, could hear Mace Windu talking. Yep. Mm-hmm. You could hear the Emperor, and then all of a sudden the whole power part, which we know what happens, and that's where that's when he switches, and he and she knew something happened. Like she's like, I'm worried about Anakin. Something just happened. Yeah. See, see uh, episode eleven was great, but it wasn't my favorite episode. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty good. But see, episode twelve, the last ep- oh, episode. Oh well, yeah. Is, it's insane. Like just visually, you can't beat the twelfth. It looks episode. so good. It yeah. it really does. It looks honestly. I think it looks better from throughout the season. So. I feel like the production got better Definitely. leading up to the There's end no of the season. There's no doubt about season. that. I think they just knew that four episodes was Needed such a be, big deal yeah. that they spent a ton of money on it, boatload yeah. of money. I yeah. can't even imagine how much. But it just kind of really, I sit down and I think about it and I go, it really pisses me off that this is so good. The Clone Wars is so good. Rebels is so good. The Mandalorian is so good. And they couldn't manage to make the, the three movies, movies better. Or even in the ballpark, story wise, they were beautiful to look at. I want. Yeah, they were great. I, I, I hate to say this, but I, after I watched Clone Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker came out. We all sat down for dinner. We're like, let's watch Star Wars. I, it was. It's hard to get through the beginning of that movie. It is rough road. Really, I haven't watched it again since we saw it the second time in in theaters. And maybe so that's just because I've home. seen it a bunch of times. But there shouldn't be a point because I've probably seen that movie four times. Already or three anyway. I saw it in theaters three times. I think. Um, yeah, you did. But like, I don't need to see it again, and that's sad. It is sad. To like me. those movies should be something you would want to watch. And all, all the time. of them actually. I don't really need to see any of them again. Yeah. And I'm not saying I didn't like them, but I don't need to see them again. And I watch. I rewatch those prequel movies all day long. I know. That's that's weird. 
That's weird to say. I guess I don't know if I'd watch the prequel movies all day long, but there's so much cringe. Oh man, in Rise of Skywalker, right after the beginning when they do the light speed jump and then he ends up back at the base. Yeah. And they do that whole thing with Poe and Finn and Ray where they like all speak in like one word quick like quips back and forth to each other. They're like, "Did you? Do you like you light speed jumped?" Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't deal with this shit. I don't, I don't remember that part. But I never got, I shut it off um, just because, not because I wasn't enjoying it. But I do remember, you know, the second half of that movie is a lot better. Mm-hmm. And it is. We didn't get to the second half of the movie that, that, that night. So, hmm. All right. Well, I think we're at the end here, Christopher. We're at um, the end. We're going to do some uh, Patreon exclusive. Yes. Uh, and so check it out. It's Nerf comics.com slash no patreon.com wow can you speak patreon.com slash snarf comics uh check us out if you can if you want subscribe give us five dollars give us one dollar give us ten dollars give us a hundred dollars if you want it's all up to you whether you want to do it or not we don't uh force you into it it's your generosity that keeps us thriving. Yeah, and if you want to check out our big spectacle, Snarf Madness, you've missed it. But you can go back and Guess be a what? part of the fun still. They're recorded, recorded and in history, and you can listen to them anytime you want and go back from number 70 to 74, or is it 68 to 74? Don't even know. Doesn't Something matter like that. Anymore. They're labeled Snarf Madness. Closing in on our 100th, 100th episode. Our winner was Craig Blagojevich. Yeah. <laughs> no. Blazekovich. Blazekovich. Kirk Blaze is the winner. Everybody will be getting, he will be getting his prizes at the end of the month. Second place was Ian Hicks. He will get be getting his prizes at the end of the month, along with our normal Patreon Snarf Bundle uh, subscribers. They will get them at the end of the month because that is the scheduled time. Um, Actually, so, they're overdue. No, two months. Yeah, that was. Uh, oh yeah, April. Right. It was April. Hey, either way, you're getting them. Um, and that's. I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it for this week on uh, Snarf Talk. I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See you. <laughs>